Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 19 of True Cult Pop. It's a popular music podcast, both in terms of it covers popular music and I like to think we're rather popular as well. It's me, Stephen Hill. If you believe they put a man on the moon, a man on the moon, it won't really make much difference to this person because it's Sam Slight. And as far as I'm aware, you've never been on the, to the moon before, Sam. No, haven't lived. Don't even know I'm born. Pathetic, honestly. Pathetic, isn't yeah. it? One small step for man, one giant leap for pink napalm death t-shirts. Yeah, the best kind of napalm death t-shirt. Although I've got a nice baby blue so. one as well that I could have worn today, but this one came out of the wash first, so... Good. Great. Right, I'm here. Sam's here. We have another guest with us as well. I'm going to give you a little heads up, just as a sort of a trigger warning, guys. Quite a lot of Nazis on the show this week, so to balance <laughs> it out and bring in a super nice person who's, who's definitely not a Nazi, we have our very good friend and host of the excellent Hellbent for Metal podcast, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on True Cult Pop, it is my esteemed pleasure to welcome the one and only... And Mr. Tom Dare. Tom. Steve, well, after that build-up, I'm going to be a horrible disappointment. But I'll do my best <laughs> never. to try not to be. No, never. How you doing, mate? How's things? You all right? I'm, I'm coping, coping. I think we can... It, these days, I think we'll all settle for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Just that, muddling we, through. We won't go into it, but um, you, you've had a bit of hiatus. But um, we all hope you're back. Because I know yeah. you recorded the, the, the first um, podcast of yours in a little while um but you know and you're on here you're back the people need you the people want you we're glad to have you back mate that's oh all I'm god has say. it got that bad that everyone <laughs> is actually asking for us back okay uh, yeah yeah we are coming back there's a, a hopefully fingers crossed no uh, hiccups there'll be a podcast out next week for the first time in a little bit and we'll mm-hmm. be back on a regular two-week schedule for a bit but yeah hopefully this is me kind of raising my head out of the uh uh, above the parapet and uh, asking the internet to be mean. Um, <laughs> Don't be mean, right? Don't, there's enough meanness in the world as there is without being mean about a podcast, so don't do that. Um, on the show this week, what a lovely head it is as well, Tom, I have to say. I did say, like, I'm going to say it on air because I mean it. That's a fucking hell of a beard you're rocking at the minute. Mm. Thank you. I, 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 The beard has, has grown. Some of my facial hair has been removed because it was irritating the shit out of me, but the... I liked the beard, so I kept that, and it did. I am though looking slightly like I'm sponsored by Adidas, which is um, an interesting look. <laughs> you do. You play playing bass for Spine Shank in 1999. <laughs> you got a bit of that. Oh, like if you dyed it blue or maybe braided it and it, it, tilt your head to one yeah, side, do and, the bug and, eyes. Like, do the yeah. bugger. Yeah, there we go. That's new metal as fuck. What have you got? So you you just got a little fucking blob of hair on your chin, Sam. You're oh, yeah. letting the side down massively, yeah? I'm pathetic in every walk of life, particularly in my <laughs> facial hair game, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe when I've grown up, I might be able to grow a beard, but that might be a while away, yeah, so. You don't, you'll never grow up. No, nah. like younger heart. Peter, the Peter Pan of heavy music podcasting. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, on the show this week, we have a, oh, what I think will be a very, very good show. We are going to be talking about new releases from Fucked Up, from Eyes, from Sam Smith, and inspired by Sam Smith. We are going to be ranking the most controversial music videos of all time. Are they controversial? Are they disgusting filth? Or maybe um, are you, uh, let's say, some certain right-wing commentators might just be getting their knickers in a twist for absolutely no reason. Heaven for we'll fans. let you know. 
<laughs> yeah, God, heaven forbid. Uh, before we go any further, as ever, we would like to say, please head over to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop and sign up for all of our exclusive content over there. This week, if you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out tomorrow. If you go over there, you see a shiny brand new Your Cult Pop podcast on the album Fever from 2002 by the diva that is Miss Kylie Minogue. We're going full Kylie. That was a good one, it's Sam. We yeah. got into we got into it with Kylie, didn't we? Yeah, man. Uh, it, was, it was happy days. It was happy days talking about that. I really enjoyed doing that. So that's there. You um, you got any thoughts on Kylie Minogue at all, Tom? That you want to share? Oh, she's well, no, no. Of course I do. I'm a, one of the gays, darling. Of course I have thoughts <laughs> about Kylie Minogue. Of course I think she's wonderful. It's you know I had I have to give my gay card back if if I don't. No, she's she's brilliant. That is a very good album. It there is are lots good. of good pop songs on that album. Yeah, for sure. That is like absolute prime Kylie at her most, most everything, isn't it? That is like the best songs, the best look. They're like the most sort of OTT quality. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of the... Before Lady Gaga came along, that was kind of the last hurrah for the you know, massive OTT diva. Yeah. It, it was it was it was top so that is if you sign up for any amount you can listen to that podcast and suggest an album for me and sam to talk about not just an album anything you want you can suggest anything you want for us to talk about if you go up to the old five club <laughs> apart from that bloody hell uh oh, that, i that think i could a hold long podcast yeah that'd i think be a long podcast gutted we didn't sign giovanni brown from exeter on the transfer window oh mate if i, I had a penny for every time that's happened to me honestly oh, <laughs> you You'd have, you'd have a penny, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, uh, if you go up to the £5 uh, true classic pop tier, get two podcasts a month. We just had Public Enemies, Fear of a Blank Planet. I said it again, Black Fear of a Blank Planet. Oh, Black that's Planet. The... I'm thinking the Porcupine Tree. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. That's also a very good album. It is. It's not quite as good as the Public Enemy album, but it's, it's still album. a very good album. Mm. Really good album, but we, we haven't done that yet. Uh, but Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy is there. Uh, you know, double diva action on the Patreon page this week. Kylie on Saturday. <laughs> Gwen Stefani on Wednesday. Oh, I thought you meant Chuck D. I was going to say, I don't think he's <laughs> yeah, done no. well to be flavor, called the DV. Flavor Flav, yeah. Flavor Flav. Yeah, flavor <laughs> flav. Um, yeah, Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music Baby. We haven't actually recorded that yet, me and Sam, but I'm well looking forward to that. I listened mm. to it the other day. Bloody love a bit of Gwen Stefani. Again, Tom, I'm going to ask your opinion on Gwen Stefani. A, a bit more, a bit mixed, actually, if I have to be. Like, there's been the odd tune where I've gone, yeah, that's good, but there's been some stuff where I've just gone, I'd like to avoid that now, please. But yeah, okay, yeah. I'm really picky with pop music. It's not okay. pop music. Pop music is something that, you know, it, you got to be really, really good because the, the best stuff is so good that if mm. you are only a little bit far away, you just go, yeah, it's just not, not nearly as good, is it? I agree. I mean, we'll come to when we talk about Love Angel Music Baby, we'll probably, Sam and I, will talk about the aftermath of that. And I think Gwen Stefani's career, quality-wise, takes a pretty significant dip after mm. that. But yeah. in terms of Love Angel Music Baby, I mean, some of you did go, that's a classic, is it? Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why on Wednesday. So look forward to that. True Cult Pop uh, Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop. Right, before we go any further and get into the actual meat of the show. Uh, every week, we obviously have a song stuck in our head, something that we've been jamming a lot. This week, we have a sort of um, 90s R&B pop filling in an extreme metal sandwich. So <laughs> I'll take, I'll be the filling. Um, you're the guest, Tom. Tom, what song have you been jamming this week? I've been jamming uh, Interarmors 
absolutely vast the long road home from their 2013 album Sky 2013 Pirate. it is yes. yeah i always get confused because i i kind of i heard that in 2013 and went yeah this is quite good and then i saw them live in 2014 and went you're the best band in the world now <laughs> and have kind of have only kind of slightly altered that opinion since my only alteration being your joint best band in the world with unrequited or a different story um this is a like 10 and a half minute sort of kind of sprawling proggy stoner metal epic that's in the middle just turns into the most ripping black metal song imaginable and just blasts its way out uh some of the most amazing drumming ever i mean the, I, it's the second best drum song on, on the album there's an album a song called splud which is basically like it's basically just fills for the whole way through it's amazing um but it's it's a real odyssey of a song, and uh, I've I've uh, I've not been all that well recently, as Steve hinted at. And uh, one of the side effects of of not being very well is that I've become enormously fat, and I've been trying to do something about that by taking some exercise. And I would recommend not listening to this song while you exercise, <laughs> if in fact you are, to quote Steve Wars, "Sledge to Aravinda de Silva," an overweight, unfit, fat cunt, because. That break in the middle where it suddenly goes very fast, you suddenly think, oh, I'm really energised now. I can keep up with the music. <laughs> and you can't. And you can't. Mate, you, that's amazing, two right? minutes later, you just go, oh, it hurts. <laughs> Mate, back in my early 20s, my girlfriend at the time bought a step box. Do you remember the Rebot step? And oh, she yeah, was like, yeah. this is really good exercise if you do the step aerobic thing, right? She's like, put some music on and just like do it. And I remember I used to... I, <laughs> to put raining blood on and go see if i can do see if i can do step box for all of raining blood and mate it's the skinniest i've ever been in my entire life step boxing to all like for 26 and whatever minutes to raining blood fucking class it, working out to that kind of music is uh is a good time i think you say working out though have you seen the video of the guy doing air sex at the world air sex championships to raining blood no, everything you've just said. The air sex. I like, yeah, I don't it's really like air guitar, but sexy, with sex. Yeah. And you can't take, you can't take your underwear championships. off. But it, you, you basically start clothed and then you simulate sex to a song for a certain amount of time. And um, I've, the, the only reason I know about this is that this went viral when it happened. With Well, viral within the metal sphere anyway. Mm. Um, and, and you just have this uh, quite smartly dressed guy in a suit who then proceeds to um, simulate sex with a woman using the song Rain and Blood. Um, and of course... Oh no, it's not Rain and Blood, it's Angel of Death, I'm confused. Anyway, Slayer. Oh, fuck me, even. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, but of course, Angel of Death has the slower bit, so it's, you know, the, mm. the, it can kind of change rhythm at one point. It, it's very funny, it's very, very funny. Of course, it has a frantic end, um, as, you know, most... Classic. As, as most, like, bad sex does. Um, mm. But yeah, the, m don't work out to The Long Road Home by uh, Interarmor, unless you're really, really fit. Because you will, you will break, and I, 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 I forget it every time, and then it gets that end bit, and mm. it hurts. <laughs> I mean, fuck me, the idea of working. We're still out talking about the Air Sex Championships. Well, go on, yeah, sorry, Sam, go on. Well, no, we could talk about the Air Sex Championships if you want. I mean, I'm hoping, hoping that they've got my letters. I'm trying to compete next year. I think. I think I've got a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a, as a I, very sexy man at five or seven or whatever, <laughs> with my bumfler face. 
felt a little bit sick when you said that, but oh. fine. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I let's go back to this song. So look, you know, I, you know, I, I haven't listened to loads and loads and everything of Inter Armour. I remember Soul for English coming out in 2019, and oh, I love I, that album. And mm. it is great. Yeah, I remember thinking that album's fucking great, and I came to it a bit after it had come out, so I, you know, I was sort of a little bit late to it. And then um, Garber Days revisited the. Quite up and down covers album, as covers albums tends to be. Um, I remember thinking some of that was really good and some of that was sort of all right. But I hadn't really listened to much else from him. But I have to say, like, this song is, is like I said, it's a 10 minute sort of epic. It it opens almost like some sort of spaghetti western Morricone type shit. Yeah. And that clean guitar part, tonally, um, rem- it reminds me of The Rainbow by Talk Talk from their classic Spirit of Eden album. Now, everyone who's been listening to me for a while will know if I compare something to Talk Talk, you know what's coming next. Um, this is Froth. really... <laughs> yeah, this is really excellent. And I think what what I like about this, right, and I, I've been sort of fairly critical about music like this recently because I'm just not in that mood. I'm just not in that place mm. for it. But I think what this is good, what is good about this is this has what I need from this type of music, which is really strong production, really great individual performances. You mentioned the drumming, which I think is brilliant. I also, you know, tonally, like I say, love the guitars and some sort of clear semblance of a journey. You know, last week, Sam and I uh, reviewed the Aiming for Enrique record, uh, who are a band who, whose last time I really loved. The first song on that, you know, is 10 minutes before any drums come in. And I'm just like, this is meandering. This is, this mm. is a 13 minute long song. Nothing happens for 10 minutes. It's meandering. And this... I don't feel like this feels propulsive and it feels like something's happening and it feels like the end. You know, when you listen to these songs, I always feel like I need to see a sort of, I need to see the end on the horizon. You know, I need to feel like we're moving towards that thing happening on the horizon. If you just sort of stop and walk around in the circle, that's no, it's not interesting to me. So I, I really like this. I think this is wicked and it's made me go, oh yeah, Inter Armour. I'm probably going to go back to Soul for English when I get a bit more time because that album as well i remember being just fucking excellent listen to paradise gallows as well because like that that opens with a guitar part that sounds like you know carlos santana or something like that where it's real kind of you know guitar wailing stuff and then the kind of afterwards you just have this kind of little drum fill and then like it's all kind of heavy heavy shit and then later on it will just kind of disappear off into beauty and it's they're their ability to do light and shade is just fucking unreal. If it, mm. if the drummer ever leaves or breaks, it's more likely to break than leave. I suspect <laughs> they're done though. Like they they're not going to be able to find someone else who can play that. Yeah, that's fair. I I definitely agree with that. I'm into that. What about you, Sam? Do you like this? This is absolutely fantastic. I mean, I am sort of similar to yourself, Stephen. That with Interama, remember Soul for English coming out. Absolutely fucking loving it it's it is a really really strong album and like you say tom i think it's the ability that um interama have to work with the light and shade and their sense of dynamics i think is just pretty much second to none in kind of extreme metal they are so so good at it i mean and i don't know i don't know that extreme metal obviously is a broad term and i don't know if it quite covers everything that interama are capable of i think this song is absolutely brilliant it is epic in sort of every sense of it the way that it does go from that sweeping prog into blast beats and then there's even bits where it's like you're pulling from like new album stuff there's some real sort of like guitar heroism moments across it um 
Yeah, uh, this is absolutely fantastic. And it's from an album of Interarmas that I've not heard. So Soul for English and Paradise Gallows are the two that I know fairly well. Um, and I really need to go back to them because they are clearly just so fantastic. And I should have done it. I, I was lucky enough to uh, go to, I think it was Damnation 2019. And I saw them and my God, they were terrifying. Just yeah. absolutely apocalyptically scary. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I need to get back on Interarmor big time because this is absolutely a bit of me and it's fucking fantastic. So good choice. Good suggestion. I'm Thank glad you. it's been stuck in your head. Yes. And they are amazing live. Yeah. Seeing them for the first time, just kind of thinking, I quite like Interarmor. They're playing it because I was at Roadburn. Ah, nice. Uh, I should go I should go and see, see Interarmor because it was... It was Sunday, and Sunday is the quiet day at Roadburn where <laughs> there's not so many people there and there's not so many bands on. So I was able to kind of get really close to the front. Oof. And I was kind of sitting there and thinking, oh, I'm having quite a nice time. And then they play this. And I went, I have not seen a band do this to me since Altar of Plagues. And Steve knows how much I like oh, that yeah, band. Oh, I know how um, much you like Altar of Plagues. I've, I've it, seen I've, you yeah, tweet I've, before. So. Yes, I think virtually everyone who's ever in, had any interaction with me of any description, including like <laughs> my doctor, knows that I like Altar of Plagues quite a lot. Um, and they were the, it was the first band since then that I just went, what the fuck just happened yeah. at the end of it? Like It felt like a thing had had happened like the world had changed slightly it was t- tilting on its axis from how heavy <laughs> they were um but yeah r- remarkable life oh mate mm, absolutely cool. fantastic i'd love to get a new album from them because obviously it has been a while since yeah. um garba days revisited the like you say steve i think patchy covers album but yeah i'd love to love to hear something new from inter armor so yeah get so there you go the Long Road Home by Inter Armour from Sky Burial. That's Tom's pick. Um, I put on a playlist on Saturday uh, of my, that I made of my favourite one-hit wonders. And I was having a nice time. And then suddenly I heard... Ba-ding, da-ding, da-ding, da-da-da-ding, ding. Ba-ding, da-ding, da-ding. And I was like, oh my Lord. I've not heard Come Baby Come by K7 for fucking years. I mean, a one-hit wonder of sorts. Uh, Louis Sharp aka k7 um had this the biggest hit of his career and the lead single from his debut album swing batter swing in 1993 released here on uh the 27th of july 1993 in in uh, in the uk got to number three on the uk singles chart only number 18 on the us billboard hot 100 but in the us it did actually sell 500,000 copies went gold good for you buddy um this song just fucking takes me back to being at like school discos and dancing, probably dancing inappropriately, not in a not in a sexy way, but just in a sort of like, why is that young boy like well, they, they wouldn't have called it twerking then, but why is he like shoving <laughs> his dropping. bum back and forward, slut dropping? Yeah, like why is why is he why is he doing that? Um, this is just it's got it, it's it's essentially like a kind of pop hip hop song in the vein of I don't know. You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, but with a little bit of that New Jack Swing thing thrown in as well. So it sort of sits somewhere, I think, between like House of Pain and Boys to Men um, with a massive chorus and lots of silliness. Tunes all over the fucking hook. Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. All that. I fucking love this, man. Call it Nostalgia. Call it just me being a silly sausage. Come Baby comes a banger, innit? I am going to side with you on this one, Steve. It is a banger. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> just the, the the highest order, honestly. It is... 
when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, for, has he done this as a joke? This is like Tone Loke all over again, isn't it? Like, this is just daft, as you say, sort of pop hip hop. Novelty um, definitely sort of rings true in the in the feel of it. But I can't help but like it. I think the, the swing of it, as you say, that new Jack swing that pervades the sort of construction of it, it's really infectious. I love the bass line that's going on. It's nice and funky. It's got that sort of disco like pop to it. And the call and response vocals, I mean, I can't help but smile when I hear this. It is, I'm not sure it's good, but I do like it. Um, and well, sorry, I mean, come on, mate. It's, it's not, it's not as good as the other two songs that I think we've brought in. Let's be honest. I slam the door, bang, when I walk into the bedroom, wham, bang, because I'm the king of the castle. Ba, ba, ba. Come on. Yeah. Tell I, me that's not good. Yes, what I What I just did is not good. Come on. I like Tom. what you did. But <laughs> yeah. the song itself, like, it's all right. I've, I wanted to jump in first because I feel like, given that Tom has already alluded to the fact that he's a bit hit and miss with pop, I feel like you're probably not going to like this. Although I'd like to be proven wrong. I think Tom will like this, Tom. I've got to be honest. I don't think I have an opinion for this because I haven't heard this song since about 1995. Hmm. And I heard it and went... This has given me vague memories of being bullied at school. <laughs> and I just went, <laughs> I, I, I think my, my opinions of this song are so tied to to being like 11 and not the popular kid um, that I just went, I can't think about this as an adult. It's it's one of those things, if you have separated between something by from your early childhood and you don't come back until you're a little bit older and... Um, you know, there's just so much time between that you just go, my opinions of this are the opinions of an 11-year-old. And I don't really think those count. I think, I probably thought it was all right when I was I was that age, but it's like, it's it's a slightly Pavlovian reaction I'm having to it that just goes, nope, turn that shit off. That I think has nothing to do with the music at all. Hmm. Does, does any of that stuff get a pass? Like, you know, because presumably, like, you know, I mentioned Boys to Men, who I think, like, Boys to Men are are actually good, right? Are actually super talented. The songs they had were amazing. Fucking incredible vocalists. Um, where this is definitely a bit sillier. Is there anything that you've, from this era, that you'd go, well, actually, that's so good that it kind of overrides those feelings? Yeah, but it's all stuff that I've listened to, you know, long time. Right, yeah, sure. Between, so like, um, a classic example of a one-hit wonder, Cotton Eye Joe by Rednecks, right? Yeah. I still think that's a fucking excellent song. And, I know that because I've thought, listened to it on a regular basis and thought that every time for the last 20 years. Um, and as a result, I still listen to this and go, yeah, that's wicked. Um, whereas this is kind of, because I literally, I don't think I've heard this in 28 years, <laughs> right? That, <laughs> I, I, that I just haven't, my, I haven't got an adult opinion about it. It's like... Um, like if you, I've heard people who've been back to their childhood house for the first time since they were like eight years old or whatever when they're forty or something, and they just go, "This just, it, I can't react to this because I remember this from a completely different perspective, and I haven't formed any kind of modern adult connection to it. I haven't developed my own relationship with it, and as a result, I don't really have an emotional attachment to it because it just isn't what I remember. Whereas the, it, this is kind of a thing where I just go. I, I'm I'm listening to this with the ears of someone whose opinions on music are barely formed. Yeah, and he's and about to get that, a wedgie as well from the guy. Yeah, the, yeah. Or, or just have kind of rude things said to you and like right. be told, no, you can't come to the birthday party or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. The world's smallest violin is currently <laughs> tuning up. Um, but you, you get what I mean, right? It's, I get I, what you mean. 
if I'd li- like, if you, I'm sure there's a bunch of those one-hit wonders that I might not have heard for a while, where I'd still go, no, that that I can form a, an opinion about, but it would be kind of, it would have to be something that I had heard in the interim, I think. Fair, okay. Well, just to kind of close up on K7, um, this was his only song to chart in the US, and it was a big, pretty massive hit over here. He only made the top forty once more in his entire career here in the UK. Um, with the third single from the record, Swing Bad a Swing, um, Heidi Ho, which I'm guessing only got in the charts because it featured a guest appearance from Sue Pollard. Um, that'll do it. But uh, <laughs> That'll do it. It's one for our older listeners there. Um, he did two more albums, one in That's, 2002. That joke is too old for me, Steve. <laughs> I barely remember Sue Pollard. <laughs> you remember Heidi Ho, don't you? No. You don't remember Heidi Ho? No, of course not. I'm not that old. You- you fucking lo- oh you oh you bastard yes you are you're only a couple of years younger than me yeah, well, well but it's enough right because yeah. by the time I, I was old enough to watch it it was on. on so many repeats it was on at like two in the afternoon I feel like I'm this might be more of your um, like YouTube follows no, no, no. like this is like Bobby Davro all over again that, d- 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 I, oh okay all right so it ended in 1988. Okay, I was like I was in nursery school right all right I, I was not watching Heidi High. That made me I feel in nursery, incredibly old. <laughs> like, it, if you want to start making aloe aloe jokes, I'm all there with you. Though. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, all right. Fine. I mean, I hope there's a couple of you 45 year olds out there who are like, ha, super, very good. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, he did two more albums: one in 2002, and one in 2009. Christ. Right. The ship sailed, buddy. The ship has sailed. In 2009, the K7 ship is like way off in the horizon. Even Interama like, can't see it. Do you know what I mean? It's gone. That's a classic ide- uh, candidate for the Identity Parade on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, though, it right? Absolutely. Like, still making music in 2009, despite not mm. having had a chart hit since 1993, is K7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, great song. Slightly different to your pick, Tom. Um, slightly different to your pick, Sam. What are you gone for? I've, I don't think there is a world of difference because I've gone for a song that also delights in ridiculous melodies. I've gone for... Uh, excuse me hold your children close and pray for oblivion by Anal Nathrak um, obviously an absolute fucking banger uh, track from 2016's The Whole of the Law which on any given day I mean my favourite Anal Nathrak album switches between this and uh, In the Constellation of the Black Widow um, there are very few days in my life that go by where in amongst sort of making Alan Partridge noises and doing David Brent quotes I don't just stop and um quote an Alan right whether it's in the sign of a black widow or the end of the chorus to this just going shall it all be their graves and people do obviously give me funny looks i think justifiably so but um yeah it's just i think there's so this song is so much fun which is not something you often say about extreme metal but there's something about an Alan Nathrak and their bombast and their incorporation of those kind of power metal elements in a lot of the stuff they do in amongst their grisly oh that's not power books. metal no no that's, this is no it's but it's it's emperor that like those kind of high vocals are not power metal because power metal is is kind of nice there's nothing nice about his clean vocals it's no. kind of terrifying no that's and that's true. that's ishan that's not um michael kiska or um uh hansi kirsch or something it's it's not a german right no this is not that's not a german it's it that's very much a norwegian that he's trying to sound like ah oh, fair i've been schooled 
I've been wrong on power metal. What, what an indignity. But no, it's, it's that sense of theatricality that I absolutely love in Dave Hunt's vocal performances that he just litters across the place. I mean, one of the, one of, if not the most versatile extreme metal vocalists, I don't think it's unfair to say. I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And I think when you combine him with Mick Kenny's just inhuman um, instrumentation on a track like this, I mean, it's just absolutely fucking brilliant. I mean, I love an Al Nathrak. I just loved them. And the first time I ever heard this was when I was seeing them live, actually. So I got into them off the back of a new kind of horror, saw them at the, I think it was the same damnation that I saw Into Armour at, and they played this, and I was like, oh, that's fucking tasty. But then everything they've done is to a greater or lesser degree. I mean, I don't have to really ask you whether or not you like this, <laughs> do I, Tom? Just assume no, it's you not, do. I'm, this is firmly my favourite Anona Thrack album. It's not, it's not a competition. Like if, if There was a period where I... Th- I f- just would go to bat for passion for a long time because mm. that album is is like it's the weird underappreciated one because the songs are all incredibly short or very long and that's kind of they were fucking around with electronic music a lot mm. um, and it was fo- it was followed by two albums which are not the best um, <laughs> and then they came roaring back to form at a point I think thought they were going to peter out with the whole of the law and this song was a big reason why that album is as brilliant as it is uh, it's my second possibly third favourite song on the album. My favourite is absolutely on Being a Slave, which has the unrepeatable <laughs> chorus. Yeah. Um, which is, is is incredibly grim, and I feel evil for like enjoying it as much as I do. But because I know they're saying that that thing was terrible, not that they're saying that thing was good, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, what do you think about Endarkament? Because you, uh, you obviously like In the Constellation of the Black Widow mm. a lot more than I do. And I'm interested to know where you sit on Endarkament. Endarkament's a weird one where um, I absolutely fucking love the title track. I think that is absolute top tier Nathrak for me. I'm, I still don't get on with that album. I think for me, um, well, you know, what I would have said was sort of blending from power metal. Clearly, clearly, as you say, more sort of the Norwegians, or I suppose the symphonic elements of what Isan does. Um, yeah, Endarkament didn't really do it for me. I, I found it quite disappointing, actually. And I, I've got a few mates who think it's absolutely fucking brilliant. I mean, one of them, it was his album of the year um, when it came out. And I was like, I just don't hear what you're hearing. Endarkament is, yeah, probably towards the bottom of my... If I were to rank every Nasrach album, it'd be near the bottom. I mean, how do you feel about it, Tom, as a I feel diehard? Okay, so I feel about it exactly how uh, your mates feel about it. In mm. that I think it's brilliant um i don't think it's quite as good as the whole of the law but i think it's better than new kind of horror and m- most of their stuff post dominating non dignus and i've forgotten to turn my phone off <laughs> sorry mate no don't worries worry, you're a popular man uh, it's mine's gone off plenty of times in the history uh, of this podcast so it's all good um, um do you want me to start that again no no mate no, you can right. crack on okay. i i'll be honest with you our listeners will know i can't ever be bothered to edit anything out so no. you know we'll just leave in that you're popular and you got a phone call to be honest tom it's all good <laughs> it's all good Fair. um um uh, but i feel you, the way you feel about in document is almost exactly how i feel about uh in the constellation of the black widow oh really where i think i think more of fire and blood and the title track are amazing and the rest of it i've because i i used to think i liked that album and then i put a bunch of songs from it in playlists and i skipped all of them always except for those two oh okay. and eventually i went oh i don't actually like the album i just like those two songs and it was particularly highlighted after Passion came out and there were more songs from that that I kept listening to um, up to this day. I mean, I th- 
they're a funny band in that some they've they've done like they've always done a brilliant thing or two then they've tried some shit and not all of it's worked and then they've done something else that's absolutely brilliant and then they've done some other shit and not all of that's worked and then they've done some more brilliant shit and they're kind of, I think they're on a really good run I think this they've suggested they might be about to finish the interesting thing yeah, is I, that I, about that. I don't think they've ever sounded angrier I think Dave Hunt is kind of reading more and more about how the world is mm. and getting more and more infuriated <laughs> by it and not kind of becoming numb to it because like the Indarkment was I think the first album where they actually said what every song was about and they published I th- not all of the lyrics but a lot of the lyrics yeah well they actually and had they, lyrics for you know for the well, the first time across an entire album, I mean, a lot of uh, the stuff that I really gravitate towards tends to be when it's just incomprehensible screaming, hence in the constellation of the Black Widow. But Fair. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's if you read what they're singing about, it's very clear that Dave is literally so frustrated mm. with some of the things that's going on that he needs to channel that somehow. And if, I don't know if you've ever interviewed him, but he's actually a very nice, personable guy who seems completely well-adjusted, but maybe that's because he can shriek about all the things in the world that he finds completely fucked. Mm. Um, I'm not entirely sure how Mick feels because he keeps himself to himself a little bit mm. more. Um, partially because everyone wants to talk to the singer, which I don't always think is, is necessarily the best thing to do. But um, Have I told you my Mick Kenny story? No. My best Anona Thrax uh, uh, moment was I went to see them shortly after Passion came out and they were doing a gig at the Underworld and at the time I was a smoker and I was just kind of having a cigarette outside and I'd, I'd briefly met Mick before and he was there having a fact too and so I went over and, and just said hello and he said, oh, you're right, we don't, we don't know what we should open with tonight. We're discussing what song we should start with, what do you reckon? And I went, you should start with... Um, uh, uh, drug fucking abomination because it's got the really really long intro yeah. and you can start that and you can kind of all come on stage and get you know the crowd can cheer while you're actually playing some stuff and then you've got the bit where he just shrieks holy fuck and it explodes and that's the start of the gig proper and you went I'll have a think about that that might work and they fucking did hey, and I went amazing. yes <laughs> the, uh, the old Sven Gali to- the uh, it's it? the one moment that a musician has listened to me and I was it was really good and I'm really proud of it they might have been doing that anyway and it might just have been coincidence no 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 in you my take credit mind for that. in my that. mind that was my idea and it was great <laughs> nice anyway um I mean just for my thoughts on it really really briefly yeah this is absurdly punishing mm. this isn't it like I think about a lack of Anel Nafrak is they're almost funny how fucking absolutely insanely absurdly extreme they are mm. I, I mean sure, this is what david vincent thinks um <laughs> like <laughs> morbid angel under him should sound like right so this is like in his head i'm always like this is what you want this sort of electronic extreme metal thing to sound like mm. isn't it surely and it, and it doesn't it sounds like radical mon- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah like, i mean savage does not really do this justice at all i, I mean I, I don't even really know who, I mean, this, if you cranked devin townsend up to like a hundred uh he might sound something like this like i yeah like they're a they're a good they're a very very good band i'm not mm. gonna sit here and pretend that i listen to loads of anna and Uthrak all the time all the time but yeah i think they're wicked i have to absolutely have to be in the mood for this sort of thing that's fair um, that's fair i mean for me like like you said well like we have all said it's that just absurd level of um just ferocity that i i, I find it quite easy to just stick on an Al right there's a lot of extreme metal where i do have to be in the mood like you know um 
a lot of post metal particularly where i just think oh yeah. god i need to have a think about if i really want to subject myself to this but now on that's right i <laughs> loathe to call them a party band but i could listen to them at any time and i'll have a i'll have a fucking boogie It'd be good, mate. The fun time and Al Nathrak party around Sam's house. Yeah, man. Um, hold your children close and play for, pray for a, a Bolivian. Play for oblivion. That is not what it's called. And Al Nathrak, there you go. Um, like, a couple of things to talk about before we go on any further. Um, first thing I wanted to mention is um, the very, very sad news of the death of Tom Verlaine from television, who passed away this week. Um, you know, just... Uh, age of 73 28th of january brief illness is all we know so far uh television were a very very short-lived band obviously tom went and had a a solo career after that i don't really know that much about his solo career i know david bowie covered one of his songs on scary monsters mm. and super creeps um but i don't know loads about tom verlaine um i don't even know that i would know anything much past the absolutely essential marquee moon record which is an absolutely essential impossibly important like you can't imagine what guitar music would sound like without that record now i think it is an, a, an astonishing landmark record and it's really sad to hear of the passing of somebody who you know was so unique made you know such a unique record um I actually bought Marquee Moon. I can tell you, I bought it in a really weird place. I bought it in a Woolworths in Essex in 2004. Um, and I was like, that's weird that they've got this this band. I always see the, the iconic cover of Marquee Moon. Mm. And I was like, oh, in, in Woolworths, that's weird. I'm, I'm going to buy this. It's only sort of £11, which back then was cheap for a CD. And, you know, I'd after being initially suspicious of the Strokes, I had grown to really like the Strokes. And I remember getting Marquee Moon and going, ah that's um that's the strokes taken to far greater artistic levels essentially isn't it i mean the 10 minute title track of that record is phenomenal both his voice the kind of weird lyrical passages he goes on those jazzy guitar parts yeah really really fucking really awesome record really really important record really influential record um yeah like it's sad sad to hear this news i think it's incredibly sad um i mean as uh, much like yourself i i wouldn't call myself a television aficionado or or any of the kind of solo stuff after but marky moon is you know it's a landmark and such an important developmental piece i mean obviously television you know kind of proto punk stroke progenitors of that new york scene and everything um uh, Marky Moon, that it stretches so much further than that, and the intricacy of the guitar work on it is absolutely beggar's belief. As soon as that first track comes in, it's like you know you're in for something. It's it still has that feeling of something incredibly important, even if you go into it without the context of everything that it has inspired in the wake of its release. You you just feel that you're about to listen to something really really special, and I think uh, you know it's pretty much primarily down to the chemistry between the members all led by uh, Tom Verlaine's guitar work is yeah, absolutely staggering. Certainly the leader and I'd say the vision mm. in that band. Um, Tom, I mean, I don't know how much you know about television. I don't know if you've got anything to say or are you aware of them as a band at all? I'm, I'm kind of, uh, to my shame, I've only kind of learned about them in the aftermath of, of Tom Verlaine's passing. Um, so I, I've kind of, I'm realising that I have a load to go and check out because it, it 
they sound like something that I would actually really like, but mm. for some reason it's never crossed my radar. I think it's because my punk rock phase was so long ago and in the age before the internet was really a thing. So yeah. I kind of... I, I've There is a bunch of stuff of this era that I have discovered later and just gone, oh, this is really good. Why didn't I hear it <laughs> earlier? And it's because I just... It came across my bow at the wrong point, but yeah. that mm. I will go back and, and have a look. Yeah, really sad news that, I mean, great record and of just an important artist. Um, more kind of sad news as well. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has announced his retirement from touring, saying that he is too weak to perform. He posted a statement, um, you know, saying, never would I have imagined that my touring days would have ended this way. My team is currently coming up with ideas for where I will be able to perform without having to travel from city to city, country to country. So, look, this has been going on for a long time you know Ozzy sort of said his he, his singing voice is fine he's 74 now um but a lot of this it seems to be operations stem cell treatment physical therapy um his body is just not up to the touring lifestyle anymore and you know it I want to say you know I think the announcement came and everyone went oh my god what a shock because theoretically we were going to get that Judas Priest Ozzy mm. Osbourne co-headlining tour which we've been waiting for for such a long time but the fact that we were waiting for it for such a long time probably denoted that we shouldn't really be that surprised that this is the you know the the, the course of action um I, like, I've seen Ozzy a bunch of times over the years I've seen him be really good I've seen him be not so good but he is as important a figure in music as pretty much anyone currently walking the planet i would say mm. and so this is massive news and really shit to think that you're just not going to see ozzy on stage again yeah i mean um uh, you can't overstate the importance of ozzy um ozzy's body of work i mean the three of us would not be sat here having this conversation if black sabbath hadn't you know existed in the way and shape and form that they did and were so influential um ozzy himself uh, i've i've seen him very very briefly live once uh, i was at download 2018 when he did his um solo headline performance and it wasn't great obviously um because like you say i mean ozzy i think <laughs> been patchy for the majority of his career life but it was certainly kind of oh oh the the, the early stuff before he had a lot of drink and drugs well i disagree yeah. that oh yeah, like, yeah, if you've yeah, seen yeah. footage of him from the 70s he was fucking outstanding hmm. oh i mean it certainly had the capacity to be outstanding all the way through but i think you know there were there were peaks and troughs certainly but um yeah i i've only seen him very briefly the once I personally am not sad that I'm not going to see Ozzy, but I think it's a crying shame for him that he is having to sort of retire from touring. And there is a part of me that thinks, oh, well, it's nice, you know, let him let him rest. You know, I mean, he's obviously getting on. He's lived, you know, a hundred lifetimes worth, worth of people's drug intake, hasn't he? You know, I mean, he's fucking, he's lived, he has lived the life, the stuff of legends. But I mean, I don't know. There, there is such an air of sadness in that statement because it's like, you know that he doesn't want to retire from touring. You know that it, it's everything to him. I mean, you read interviews with him where he talks about being in a different world when he's on stage. And I think it's, yeah, it's so sad that he is having to make this difficult decision. Um, so I just hope that he is able to find a way uh, with his, you know, his career and his sort of management that he is able to still perform even if it's not in a touring capacity. Because um, I think, you know, Ozzy, I would imagine, would want to go the way of Tommy Cooper. He wants to go out on stage, doesn't he? Like, and I think that would be a fitting end for him. But uh, yeah, really upsetting this yeah. news, I think. 
What, what do you think, Tom? I don't know. I, I have kind of mixed feelings because on the one hand, it is very sad that we are going to be living in a world where Ozzy Osbourne isn't singing on stage anymore. But well, he might be though. It's not that Ozzy is going to be completely dumb. He's never going to sing again, right? But on the other hand, I've seen him be very good. Mm. I've seen him be really bad, and I, I think there is such a thing as going gracefully, and I would rather see that from someone. If it's someone who I didn't care about, then I don't really care. But I do care about Ozzy Osbourne because you know, first six Black Sabbath records, probably the best run of albums that any band's ever been on right if, if trying to to name another band who's been on six album runs anywhere near as good as that i can't think of one um and he he was such a, cons- uh, a an incredibly important part of that and the way you know that's true is that he left and black sabbath had to change significantly mm. right they yep. couldn't just go out and find another aussie because there isn't one they got ronnie james dio who is one of the greatest singers ever to sing on a metal record but he he didn't fit Paranoid the same way. He didn't fit Iron Man or Hole in the Sky or um, Children of the Grave or stuff like that, where you kind of you want that slightly weird quality to his voice, where he does he just sounds like Ozzy Osbourne, not anyone else. So he's incredibly important to me. I don't really want to see Ozzy Osbourne and think this isn't very good. Mm. Like particularly when there are people. 2016 is the one where I just went, oh man, this is. I mean, I thought he was much better in 2018, much better as Aussie doing a solo thing. Downloaded Black Sabbath at download 2016 was like, holy shit, this is not good. I saw them at the O2 Black Sabbath in about 2013, 14. I think it was when they were doing 13. Mm. That Mm. was like having seen 2012 download where they were fucking amazing. They were great, yeah. And then to see like. Look, don't get me wrong, the rest of the band were great, but Ozzy was, it was quite, it was really sad. And I remember I saw Motorhead for a long, long time, and they were just fucking excellent mm. every time. And then I saw them at Hellfest the year before he died, and I went, that man is really ill. And you can tell because it's the first time I've seen Motorhead and not thought they're brilliant. And most of that was because Lemmy was not really able to do it anymore. And I went, I don't want to think about see Lemmy do that I want to see the times I've seen them come on stage and just when go overkill doesn't finish for the 17th time and I'm thinking the gig's nearly over and I don't want this song to end because when it it is they'll be done and like I never I only ever wanted to see them like that and I kind of feel the same about Ozzy Osbourne in that if he's not able to do it brilliantly I'd rather see him retire gracefully and just have the happy memories Mm. yeah I agree yeah totally very sad for Aussie, um, but look, man. I mean, this is the thing. I say it every week. We just said it about Tom Verlaine. We've said it about every. It feels like every other week. I come on and go. This is bad. At least we're not saying there is no more Aussie Osborne. Mm. He, you know, he's still with us, and fucking yeah. like, let's hope he stays with us for as long as he possibly can. And if that means he can't tour, you know, he can't tour. And you're, you're right, like, no one wants to go to a gig and feel bummed out because they're like, shit, that person I love, that hero of mine, this fucking, like... Icon. Mo- mm. Yeah, mortality is a sobering and depressing thing sometimes. And, yeah, I, I don't want to see that. I don't. So, enjoy your retirement, Aussie. You've given more than... You've more than most. Earned, yeah. 
more and than he's most taken people. more than most. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, on a slightly less serious note, I think um, we'll do one more because we do it a lot. Healy Watch, hey, Matty Healy Watch. Time? What's he done this time? Uh, Tom, we uh, we do this a lot. Matty Healy from 1975. He's become a little bit of a a sort of. Mascot. Um, a mascot for the podcast in a lot of ways because we love his we love his silly ways. Oh, his He's jokes. always getting up to some trouble, isn't he, Matty Healy? Do you have an, an opinion on this gentleman at all, Tom? I'm pretty sure you won't do really. Absolutely, will you? absolutely none. I, okay. I, I've studiously avoided avoided the 1975 because someone pitched me to it and went, "That sounds shit. I'm not going to listen to that." <laughs> oh, I have, love them. Yeah, have never do. ever listened to the 1975 because they sound absolutely not my kind of music. So okay. I also know nothing about Matt Healy apart from he's occasionally f- confused for Matt Heafy, who's in a much better band and seems like a genuinely about lovely bloke. Last week, yes. Um, I mean, a genuinely better band. Uh, they're they're different. Different strokes. What I would say. Yes. They're different. Um, so Matt Healy uh, this week. <laughs> Go on, he Matt. Did, did what a, you been doing? He did a Nazi salute. Uh, Sam, he did a Nazi salute on stage. He did it. I mean, look, so the 1975 um, performed the song. So one of the bits in their show, because they do a kind of like, uh, like, I, I think Matty Healy is, is, is quite funny sometimes. Like mm. there's a bit they do where he says, oh, yeah, because this went, uh, like this became a news story. Like it's clearly a bit in the show, right? Where um, he goes, the thing is, the band, they can start at any time. And if I start ranting and because he knows he's got this reputation as a gobshite. Mm-hmm. So he goes, so I can say stuff, but they might just start playing and then, you know, I just have to shut up. And then he went, and so anyway, the thing about Chinese people is, and then the band started playing and he goes, oh, come on. And like, it's obviously a joke on yes. like the band know that he's a gobby gobshite. And it was reported like Matty Healy was about to slam Chinese people and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Clearly, that isn't the thing. So anyway, they're playing Love It If We Made It. Great song. Mm -hmm. Um, The line in it, thank you, Kanye, very cool. So when this song was made, you know, like he's written a song a few years ago and he's referenced Kanye West in it, right? Now, in the interim period, Kanye West has now become, let's be perfectly honest, persona non grata. Mm. But Matty Healy is still going to sing that song. So when... Matt Healy says, and even when you look at the lyrics, it has in quotation marks, thank you, Kanye, very cool, right? So he's even doing it in the song when he wrote it back, when he wrote it, it was a quotation as like in character, someone else saying it. He went, thank you, Kanye, very cool, and did a Nazi salute as if the person he was playing was a, was a you know, he's saying, ah, yeah, people who like Kanye are Nazis. And <laughs> people have now gone... He's admitted to being a Nazi. I saw this. I was like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. He is not going, actually going, do you know who I like? Kanye West, because I'm also a Nazi. Like, this is, like, I for, for once, I feel for Matty Healy. For once, he's done something trying to be like, do you know what? That Kanye West is a real piece of shit. And everyone's gone, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> no, I say you, everyone. Matt. I say everyone, a handful of people on Twitter. Yeah. Someone went, like, if he was trying to say that about Kanye, he could have done it in a different way. And it's like, well, how? He's not going to stop the song and go, thank you, Kanye, very cool. But by the way, I actually think what he's done with Alex Jones and stuff is quite bad. So I kind of feel for Matt this week. I feel for Matty Healy. I don't think he's done anything wrong in this instance, to be honest. 
Yeah, I, I don't think he has. I mean, he is uh, happy to be a contrarian and happy to be, as you say, gobshy, uh, stirring up trouble, isn't he? Yeah, it's maybe not very tactful, but I mean, when, you, when you're talking about someone who has gone on the internet to talk about anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, I think there's not, not necessarily much need for subtlety if you're going to be like, yeah, this person's a fucking piece of shit. This person is aligning themselves with nationalist ideologies so yeah i do feel for matty healy but uh well you know it's the court of twitter isn't it and i'm sure in what six seven years time he'll eventually get taken off the rock and ring lineup as well well maybe yeah. uh what, what do you reckon tom as with as the the evidence as i've just presented to, to you what are your thoughts on this because some people have said look you just shouldn't do that under any circumstances um, I mean, honestly, this all sounds like too much drama. And say, from when one <laughs> yeah. of the gays said it's, it says it's too much drama, you've just oh god, <laughs> it's it's time to call it a day. Um, he loves it though. He loves the should, drama. I don't think it. that I don't think there are many contexts where you should make a Nazi salute because people are going to interpret it badly, and there mm. are going to be a lot of people who are going to find it really literally triggering. Mm. Right? Like, there's an, I've heard a number of Jewish people say, "For fuck's sake, stop talking about Hitler." We know, right, we are, there are no group of people on the planet more aware of the consequences, right? Because if we weren't, our families would be a lot bigger, right? And I'm aware that constantly seeing literal references to the Nazis for a lot of people is profoundly upsetting. So I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I don't really care, though. Like, if, he, if he's doing it ironically, fine, It's but it's... I've got. I, don't even I have. I come across real, actual Nazis in the music I listen to. I ca- mm. I'm far more interested in dodging them. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say. 1975. As, yes, as an actual black metal fan, I think you know the difference between a real Nazi and someone who's like, I'll show Kanye. I'll show him what he is. It's like you know putting your tongue in your bottom lip and and sort of going someone like. You're not saying, this is what I am. It's supposed to be going, that's what you are. And, you know, whether or not you should do it, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a weirdo. He's a contrarian. We've spoken about him a lot. If you've been listening for a while, you're probably like, oh, my God, stop talking about this man. But we're not going to because we love we when love he, the drama. When he stops being so such a japes and wag, we'll stop. <laughs> so is he basically the rock and roll equivalent of Robbie Savage? Is that what we're He saying? is a bit. That is a very good comparison. I mean, Sam won't get it, but nope. like Robbie Robbie Savage is a, a sort of wind-up, he's like a footballer. He wasn't a real oh, footballer. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. just a sort of like preening person. He kicked he people. Nice. Before he they ki- banned it, he kicked people. That he'd was kick job. people quite weakly, and then if somebody kind of just looked at him, he'd fall on the floor as if he'd been punched in the face. Oh. He was a little little rat. He was, he was a little rat. I bloody um, love the beautiful game, me. <laughs> yeah, he does, not he? Corner. Goal. <laughs> oh, and another. Yeah, anyway, uh, Matty Healy, That's liquid Nazi. football. <laughs> not a Nazi. Mm, who saw that coming? Mm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, let's not talk about Matty Healy. Um, Ever again. Next week. Well, let's yeah. talk about him next week. Uh, we'll do a few more reviews now. Tom, I know you haven't listened to a couple of the albums that we've spoke, we we're going to speak about, but we just wanted to get them in very quickly. So we'll shoot through one of those before we get to our main one. We'll start by talking about One Day by Fucked Up, the sixth studio album from the Canadian punk rock band, the follow-up officially really, to their 2018 masterpiece, Dosha Dreams, my favourite album of the last decade. Bit of a weird one, this, as this has been recorded and they've been trying to record it since before the start of the pandemic, but they wanted to do it all quickly, I believe. So the guitars were all recorded in one day. It was basically written like a kind of project to be like, let's get this done quite quickly, Mm. albeit with a massive fuck-off break in the middle. However, 
however it was written and recorded um to get into it really sort of quickly it's not really fair i don't think to even try and compare it to the madness of of dose your dreams or even the kind of year of the horse project that they did uh, in the the middle of those two things i mean both of those things are massive conceptual pieces that straddle endless amounts of genres and ideas um this is essentially just a fucked up doing a punk rock record mm. although it still has as much i think verve and imagination uh, as as many as about 20 punk rock bands could often manage in their entire career if they put their head together um so look um we'll get into it in a second but sam you like dosha dreams a lot as well don't you the same as me uh, yeah i'm i am the same as you in that i do think it's the best album Good. of the 2010s or oh, well certainly in guitar music anyway because obviously as i've mm. you know um confess to i've been discovering that there is a world beyond just guitar music so would i say dosha dreams oh no honestly it's horrible <laughs> horrible realization but yeah uh dosha dreams is an absolute fucking masterpiece it is the wall of punk it's just absolutely yep. staggeringly brilliant um and I I did worry, kind of in the in the lead up to this, because a lot of the sort of like well the promotional sort of interviews and stuff like that was very much focusing on the fact that this was written and recorded in a day. I mean, hence the title, um, that project, and it did have that air of like oh back to basics. Oh yeah, it's like the old stuff. You know, one of those just kind of like standard press releases. And after, I don't know if you ever got round to the EP from last year, Steve, Oberon. Did you ever listen to that? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was fucking dreadful, to be honest. I thought there was one good song on it. I thought the other three were really quite poor. It was like, fucked up. It's not the to, finest moment, it, no. I, no. I agree with that. I would definitely put it, I, I probably my least favourite fucked up release, actually. I think it is really, really poor. Um, so I was worried with this. That there was so much emphasis on the kind of, the concept behind the creation of it and the fact that they hadn't spent loads of time on it. And I did think... Oh God, am I? Do I actually like Fucked Up, or is it just Dose Your Dreams? And then there's a few albums that I quite like. I mean, I was, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a short-lived love affair. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm delighted that I like this as much as I do. I think this is a really, really strong album. It's definitely not within touching distance of Dose Your Dreams, but as we have established, you know, we think that is one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, I, it is an absolute fucking masterpiece. But I think this album, it's really, really good. It is, um, it's. A, a segment of Dose Your Dreams, I would say. There are there are bits on this that do remind me of the kind of the opening run of three. So that um, uh, none of your business, man. To, uh, raise your voice, Joyce. Kind of section of the album where it's got that really mm. nice sort of I don't know, free son of just warmth and happiness to it. And then you do have Damien kind of pervading that with his mad sort of buffoonishly hardcore vocals, which I think is absolutely fucking brilliant. Like a song like I Think I Might Be Weird. I love the interplay of the strings, uh, the violins against what Mike Heliachuk is doing on guitar. It's just such a nice album. Like it's a great f- song for a band called Fucked Up, who are a hardcore punk band. You don't expect them to be as nice as they are. And it's so shimmery and sunshiny and flowery. Um, I think this is really strong. And strangely, actually, I think the key to Fucked Up for me is the inclusion of Damien. Because I think without him, they'd broadly be, you know, a kind of punkish indie alternative band. And when you go and see him live, you know, the other members look like they could be in Sonic Youth. And then you've got this sort of, you know, by his own admission, kind of oafish lout sort of like stalking around the stage, grinning from ear to ear, grunting his way through. Big beards. Absolutely. Big beer belly out. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, skulking around, sweating, chucking stuff. Yeah, like... He's so No, mate, I... Yeah, but, I I agree. I think Damien plays a huge part in to, in in the difference between fucked up being a like you say a kind of uh, the sort of band that uh, like 
Pitchfork or oh, the enemy would yeah. really, really like go for, and a band who are like savage. You know, who mm. that you know, we, we saying on Dosha Dream, on Dosha Dreams, there's bits that sound like you know seventies glam. There's bits that sound like discharge. Yeah, like and you know, and everything kind of <laughs> beyond that as well. <laughs> um, whereas this is forty minutes, ten tracks. You know, you got anthemic punk rock songs all over the place, but you've also got stuff that you know, like I think you said, like I think I might be weird. It's really r- odd rhythm thing going on. Strings sound amazing. It kind of mm. lilts and sways and goes in places that a normal punk band wouldn't do. But then a, a, an indie band who might do that wouldn't have someone going. Yeah, fucking um, weird. and then a band that you know, like Lords of Kensington, I think is a great song i mean i know you're not meant to talk about it so much but it sort of reminds me of arcade fire mm. who you know musically i absolutely love but damien's vocals just make it sound so much heavier than that yeah absolutely. and i love that mix of stuff and you know there's stuff like you know the broken little boys it sounds like the Ram- early ramones or the bronx even as well um nothing immortals uh, uh, nothing's immortal which starts like I thought it was going to be like, you know that opening bit to Feeling Good by Muse, the Muse cover oh, Feeling yeah, Good? Yeah. Sounds a bit like that. <laughs> and yeah, and then it goes into this like grizzly punk rock mm. ballad. Really cool. Falling Right Under feels like kind of they're doing their version of Sunny Day Real Estate or Texas The Reason or Quicksand or that kind of early emo stuff. Um, you won't like this, Sam, but um, Cicada, I think, sounds like a Noel Gallagher fronted Oasis song. You know what? I, I don't like it, but I do agree. And actually, I was going to say, <laughs> funnily enough, while I think Damien is so integral to Fucked Up and he's so much the allure that I absolutely love about them, I, I think maybe in terms of ethos as well as execution, Cicada is actually my favourite track on this album. And I think it is to do with the context in which it sits. I think having the kind of barrage of, you know, really, really hefty punk leading up to what is, you know, quite a nice sort of, yeah, Britpop kind of indie song. I think Cicada's absolutely fucking brilliant. And I think with Mike Heliachuk mm. uh, taking lead vocals on that, it's it gets to that um, really, really sweet point that you do get on something like Joy Stops Time on Dose Your Dreams. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm so happy that I like this so much. I was worried yes. that Fucked Up was going to be, you know, kind of a short-lived thing for me, but I think this is great. It's really, really good. Have you ever listened to this band before, Tom? Are you aware of them at all? Yeah, I have, but not for a very long time because uh, back in the day, back before like streaming was a thing, the one of the ways I would discover new stuff was uh, 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 the Radio One Rock show with, show with Daniel P. Carter, and he would play them a lot mm. back before Spotify existed. Um, he might still do, but I don't need radio so much anymore. <laughs> um, and I kind of heard some stuff and went, not for me. I've I've kind of rediscovered them a little bit recently because uh, it was brought to my attention that the Bear community are really big fans of this band because Damien Abraham is just incredibly interesting to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so I know quite a lot about them, even though I'm not necessarily kind of in their target market. Um, I know some people who are fans of them, even though they don't necessarily like the music either. But that's a, a different point. Um, <laughs> you do make it sound interesting, though. I might like. I'm I'm very picky with hardcore these days because I burnt mm. myself out on it in the early noughties and I'm. Uh, you are persuading me that maybe I should dip my toe back in. I think it, it it borrows from some elements of some things that I think you probably don't like musically, but I think 
I, I mean, Arcade yeah. Fire is not selling it to me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand that. And I mean, I mean, you know, I mentioned that you know, like Dota Dreams is like kind of the wall meets Screamer Delica meets Jesus Christ Superstar meets See Nothing, Say Nothing, Hear Nothing by Discharge. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. Apart that, from Discharge, I hate everything you just said. I, I know, right? Yeah, and like for me, that is just such an incredible mix of stuff. Mm. Um, and I absolutely fucking love, love, love that record. And I just think you would probably listen to it and go, well, I don't think I've ever heard anything like this before. I mean, that album particularly, I think, is very, very unique. This is less unique. But I think in 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 the genre of punk rock, I think this sits far more easily in the genre of hardcore punk overall. Mm. Even for hardcore punk, I think this is, you know, it's not Dose Dreams, it's never going to be. For a normal punk band, this is great. This is great and it is it's far above and beyond what most punk bands would attempt to do. And I love I love the ambition. I love the ambition of this band. And I think it's one thing having an ambition, it's one thing having an ambition and actually pulling it off. Mm. 40 minutes, 10 tracks, every song on here pretty much is great. So I am into it. I am into it. I'm delighted. One Day by Fucked Up. It's out now if you want to go and listen to it, as is. Um, this band called Eyes is out today. If you listen to this podcast the day it comes out, this comes out today. Congratulations by Eyes. Um, the second album from the Danish hardcore band, the follow-up to their underperformer debut album that was released right at the end of 2020. So I think at that time I didn't get a chance to sort of talk about them much because it's, it's an end-of-year period. Mm. But I thought the album was really good. This band essentially are a mix of sort of Will Haveny riffs Loads of sort of dissonance and that no-nonsense punk rock of something like Gallows or even a bit of that Scandi thing that Cavell Attack did back when Cavell Attack were good. Um, <laughs> well, it didn't sound like I, status quo. That's yeah, a long time the, ago. <laughs> that is a long time ago. But, you know, it, it was a time. Mm. It was a time. And, um, yeah, man, I think this record, again, like this is a little bit more straightforward. Well, a little bit more. A lot more straightforward. But, again, it's 10 tracks. It rattles through brilliantly um you've got i mean the opening song is killer generation hell crushing swirling battering riff um there's this sort of converge style open chord you know when converge just like let everything ring out and then the drums go batten 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 into that kind of (laughs) runaway train thing like fucking that's amazing um the first single from it congratulations is the first time i heard and it's and again savage 21 savage i tell you it's like a barroom <laughs> brawl i love it it's fucking great um there's a song called dull boy which i initially thought was called del boy yes which i think uh, was yeah, the yeah. mr trick there but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah like overall you know the stuff that it reminds me of you know, Tearjerker reminds me of You Fail Me by Converge. They've got a song called Bliss that reminds me of Ghost of a Thousand. There's a song on called Chew, which has got a riff that is a bit like early Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Um, there's also these weird, like, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine style guitar freakouts in mm. it. I think this is a very strong record if you are into, you know, broadly speaking, very, very heavy, screamy, riff-driven punk rock which mm. makes you want to smash people's teeth out yeah absolutely i mean for me i think there there are points on this where it's so kind of oppressively mad where it is it's approaching the kind of wild just furore of like math core or something like that i mean there's a song called the city in particular where um they are doing those sort of moreloisms of a lot of sliding shrill histrionic guitars and to me it's like a less oppressive frontier at times which i think is something that mean everything's less oppressive than frontier i mean to be fair yeah (laughs) yeah seeing them at the boston music rooms is one of the most painful 45 minutes i've ever had in my life but brilliant 
But yeah, I think this is um, really, really strong. So I, I'd heard the name Eyes. I saw a few people sort of banding about. I think um, Adam Vallely, uh former... Oh, well, he was on a Riot Act Classic album back in the day. But I remember him banging on about their last album. And to be honest, I never got around to checking it out. Uh, but I feel like I definitely need to go back and listen to it after this. Cause this one's better. Yeah, I mean, well, definitely I, better. I remember you saying when you said we were going to do this that this was um, a, a significant step up. I'd still be interested to hear what they were doing prior to this, but I do think um, it's a really interesting collision of the kind of chaotic hardcore that Heck were doing. It scratches that itch for me massively, and then you do get some more, you know, kind of straightforward bits, a bit like Heck, where it goes for a bit of rock and roll swagger, and it actually allows you some room to not be absolutely pummeled because, like Generation L, the opening song, that dragging kind of winding riff. It's so a bit of me, but it's like, God, this could be a real undertaking because there's that um, incredibly sludgy low end on all of the guitars. Sounds like they're all being run through octave pedals. Um, it's followed up by something like It's Happening, which does have a little bit more of a straightforward bounce to it. I think this is really, really strong. I'd be very, very keen to see how this um, is performed live. I wonder if it is kind of Dillinger Escape level, uh, Dillinger Escape plan levels of mental or uh, if it's a bit more pared back. I feel like this is probably going to be more in the dillinger baby godzilla like the chariot kind of absolute chaos yeah when it is played the like. chariot and and minus that icelandic band mm. like that jesus christ bobby album there's plenty of those like weird bits and again you know scandinavian thing um tom i don't know if this would really be your bag because i think again i mean you just said it a minute ago i know you got a bit burnt out by those kind of bands mm. uh back in yeah, the yeah but if you start talking about wilhaven i get interested quite quickly yeah. so there's a lot of they, wilhaven kind of noisy sludge on this it's yeah real good. they've in got that, that yeah, sludge, I, yeah i haven't heard this but i'm going to yeah, put on yeah. that pitch mm. yeah i think they they do they do have they do sit somewhere between just the outright that kind of like battering that will haven give you mm. and something a bit more like chaotic in a, a a kind of converge minus sort of vein i think so yeah cool band um very very cool band it's called congratulations the album and the band are called eyes and i would thoroughly recommend it to you if you're a fan of any of those bands but let's talk about essentially the main album that we're going to be talking about this week and that is gloria by sam smith the fourth studio album from the hugely successful uk solo pop sensation follow-up to their 2020 album love goes um before we get into it i'm just going to say this had when it came out and it came out last week so it's not been out very long at all it's had a fairly sort of yeah critical reaction from a fair few outlets mm. and i have to say you know sam and i myself were, were sort of um and ahhing over whether or not we should cover this because i've never really paid that much attention to sam smith i sort of assumed that this album would be some sort of quite mainstream dull balladeering um as is my experience with a lot of the sam smith material that i'd heard previously so I was sort of thinking, you know, it's going to be big, this album, but it doesn't necessarily mean just because it's big that it's something that we definitely need to pay any attention to, really. And then I saw their performance of the song Unholy with mm. Kim Petrus that they did on Saturday Night Live, which I just, one Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, put the telly on Sunday night as I was going to bed, flicking through the channel, Saturday Night Live's on. Oh, I was like, I might watch Saturday Night Live for a bit. Sam Smith and Kim Petrus came on and I was like... I mean, if you haven't seen that, it is fucking awesome. That performance is brilliant. And I was suddenly like, hmm, I'm pretty surprised that not only do I really like that song, but that performance is incredible. So I thought, I 
be a bit more keen to maybe listen to this album when it comes out. And so I did. And then I thought, oh, yes, I think we probably should cover this because there's a lot to talk about. And then the sort of crux of this episode and what this episode <laughs> is inspired by kicked off. And then I was even more determined to cover this record. Mm. Um, Smith themselves has called this album an album of personal revolution and that it feels like an album which is coming of age. And I think that's um, at least a pretty interesting place to start. I'm going to ask you first, Tom. Uh, Sam Smith, what is your thoughts on them? What is your relationship with their music? Um, yeah, what, what do you reckon? Uh, I love them. I think they're absolutely fabulous. I think their voice is amazing. Like real kind of once in a generation mm. unique talent. Yeah. Right? Kind of, I don't want it. Well... We're going to talk about him later, so I might as well invoke him. There's a touch of George Michaels about him, about them, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In that, I'm not necessarily saying they're as good as George, but it, they've got that thing where you could stick anyone else um, on um, doing their vocal parts, and it would sound like 20% worse immediately because they're so unique, and the, the, those songs are just written for them. My kind of my ultimate Sam Smith moment was the Bond song, which I think is just the fucking greatest Bond song for, for I don't know, well certainly since Goldeneye, right? Which I it was kind of the the one when I was a kid that I loved. Writ written by Bono and the Edge, by the way. So whatever. Yeah, but performed by Tina Turner, too. which makes I know, it no, acceptable. yeah, perform. Have you ever? By the way, I don't know if you've heard the the Bono in the the U two demo of that song. It is fucking dreadful. <laughs> I believe <laughs> you. Fucking dreadful. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I th I thought. Um, uh, oh god, what was it called? It was for Spectre. Um, um, oh, you know what? Yeah. Annoyingly, the writing's on know. the wall. There we go. Oh, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. That that I regularly listen to still. Unfortunately, a lot of their solo material has left me very cold, and it's nothing to do with their voice, which I think is amazing. Part of it is the kind of kind of husky, moany, ballady stuff, which just, just incredibly on vogue and just makes me want to vomit and listen to Cannibal Corpse. Um, <laughs> not necessarily in that order either um <laughs> but it, a lot of it is also to do with the fact that there's an awful lot of just kind of it's them singing over a beat and there's not much else a lot of the time which just immediately puts me out the door because m my music taste almost without fail is either based on kind of some kind of instrumental melody slash harmony or vocal harmonies and if you just got uh, a voice and and a drum part or an electronic drum part even you're gonna have to work incredibly hard to win me over and even someone i like as much as sam smith can't quite manage that most of the time the, the single from, the lead single from this this album which is the video for which we're going to talk about mm. um mm -hmm. is the only is is kind of my introduction to this album because i heard the fuss and went and see the video and went that single is a banger mm. Sam, what are you saying about Sam Smith? Uh, not really anything by way of a prior relationship. I'd heard the Bond song. Um, I was aware of them and aware of, you know, kind of their, their standing and uh, the adoration they got from, um, you know, a, a, a large audience. But I'd never really listened to uh, Sam Smith prior to doing this. And I was going to check out the album anyway. And I think, as, as we have all alluded to, it was the kind of um, the uproar surrounding the, the album's sort of uh, lead single that really turned me on. And 
I, I do like this album and I'm frustrated with myself that I don't love it more because I, I think Sam Smith is so clearly a treasure and someone that should be hailed as an absolute hero um, for for what just their free-spirited artistry. I think they are clearly a really, really incredible and important figure. And I think, Tom, you're, uh, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head where there is a touch of the George Michaels um, and not necessarily in terms of kind of cadence or tone or anything, but just the unstoppable charisma that oozes out of every single syllable that is delivered on this album. Um, yeah, this is my introduction to Sam Smith, and I feel like I'm going to go and check out the rest of their music uh, as a result of this. Um, I don't think it's all going to be for me. I think I sit in a similar position to Tom, in terms of this album anyway. I think there are moments on it uh, that I do really, really like, and I think we'll get to those shortly, I think, because we're going to be talking about the big song, obviously. But when it does go a bit more sort of acoustic-y, ballady, like How to Cry, I find a bit throwaway, to be honest. I think were it not for their performance, their vocal performance on it, wouldn't need that at all. Never need to hear that again. Um, when it does get a bit more, I suppose, slight and sedate, it does start to lose me a little bit. I, I particularly find uh, the final two songs, so Gloria, I think is really interesting. I think dynamically quite a cool thing to do to basically just have, you know, kind of, Sam Smith front in a gospel choir and then Who We Love with Ed Sheeran I mean really just quite dreary. sounds like an Ed Sheeran song yeah it? it's, it's really dreary Ed Sheeran sounds like an Ed Sheeran song like I think the sentiment is, is, is great and I think throughout this whole record I would like I would echo that for the entire record the sentiment of this yeah, record yeah, yeah. Is, is really good and I think it's uh, a, a real interesting look into Sam Smith's psyche right now and their personality and their, their journey and how they feel mm. That song is not a great song. No. Right? And I think that's something which kind of comes up now and again uh, for me on this record mm. uh, overall. I mean, sorry, Sam, are you going to say something? No, no, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, there are, there are certainly peaks and troughs on this. I think when it peaks, it is absolutely fucking glorious. But I mm. completely agree in terms of the sentiment. And that's why I want to like it so much more, because I love what they're expressing through their music. It's exactly the same thing that I loved about Special by Lizzo. Just that, you know... Positive affirmation, self-love, I think is such a great thing. And it is performed brilliantly. It's just a shame that's a f not a fair amount, but there, there are instrumental portions of this album that really, really just don't connect with me. I, I'm left quite cold by them. But then you do get something like Unholy with Kim Petras and, of course, I'm Not Here to Make Friends, which are bangers of the highest fucking order. And I just, I desperately want to go and dance to them at some point very, very, mm. very soon. Well, to go through, I'm going to go through kind of just a brief track by track for me. It kicks off with Love Me More, which I think is a really nice way to mm. say, you know, I'm actually in a much better place than I used to be. And the words and the barbs that I have been taking actually don't really hurt me anymore, which is a really kind of cool, empowering yeah. thing to write a song about. And I think it is a a lovely little soul pop number. Some nice kind of vocal choir parts that are just sort of subtle in the background. Pretty good start. I think, oh man, why? Um, I think uh, No God is a. Someone's always got someone's phone to me now. Um, Gosh, no so God popular. is. I am, yeah. No God is a, another more sort of classic soul sounding one. Mm. Uh, I think it starts, it sounds like uh, It's Not Right But It's Okay by Whitney Houston, although it never really gets to those heights, if I'm being completely honest. Um, That's a high, one thing bar. I, a high bar. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> high bar. One thing I will say is that this is one of those rare albums where the interludes are actually really essential mm. to the record. I think the kind of, the interludes that get put in um, make the thematics of the record even clearer and they 
you know that first one talking about how you know when you have your first heartache in, when you're in the closet you can't tell your friend friends or your family about it and it's very very quick and it segues so naturally and brilliantly into the next song um lose you i think is pretty good but it's still not quite right at the heights mm. of this type of thing but i'm enjoying it and then along comes perfect with jesse rays which i think is great i think is really really good i think it starts like it's going to sound like it's, it starts like swimming pools by kendrick lamar and then it goes in it's got that same sort of threatening but underplayed synth feel to it slinks along feels a little bit dangerous feels like it's got real kind of heartache and real regret in it i think jesse ray's performance is very good in it as well i do like that a lot then we get unholy which i think mm. is spectacular absolutely fucking brilliant sam and kim petra's going full human league <laughs> liquid funk synth and sexy vocals and like you know like you said tom say whatever you like about the material sam smith can fucking sing oh yeah like holy shit <laughs> do you know what i mean like amazing i mean it has this orchestral magnificence to it and it should win best single at the brits next month how to and you mentioned how to cry sam I think that's when the energy drops a bit. Yeah. Six shots is slightly better. Gimme with Coffee and Jeffrey Rays again. Bit too close to that kind of Love Island Calypso pop thing, which I just can't get on with. And it's got a bit I'm of that sort of like late 90s kind of pop reggae feel to it as well. It did yeah. make me think of Shaggy yeah. at points, which <laughs> rarely a good thing. Never a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I'm Not Here to Make Friends is fucking spectacular amazing uh, Sylvester Barbara Pennington Jermaine Stewart <laughs> 80s overblown disco pop it is a fucking rager and then we got Ed Sheeran at the end you know that's track for track broadly how I feel about it what about you Tom oh I think he's frozen oh he's, uh, he's back uh, yep. what about you Tom I don't know what was going on with my internet no Sorry. I don't know what happened there no, no, no. Go, go. But I, what, what, what are your thoughts broadly about this uh, album and Tom overall um I think there are songs that I like, but I don't like the album, I think is that, and it is the, the, the problem I mentioned before, there is a lot of it where it's, all the emphasis is on the vocals and a beat, and that isn't something that ever goes down well with me, really, unless you're kind of, if you're doing something spectacularly brilliant, maybe, but it would have to be kind of, if you knew I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, right? <laughs> you can do that over the top of fucking anything. That's still going to be great, right? But that's just a, a kind of... Well, Dolly Parton wrote it, so that's the standard you've got to live up to. Uh, I want to like it more than I do. I think it starts really well, and the first few songs I'm going, I'm liking this, and then it kind of... The middle loses me a lot because there is a lot of stuff which is... I like. I really want to love it because I love what they're singing about, and I really love their voice. And if there are so many things that they could do, where I'd be going, this is amazing, and they've just picked the the one thing in pop which is absolutely guaranteed to not win me over. Uh, and then it comes, it does get better when you get towards the end, and then it ruins it with Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. basically, it, there is nothing that isn't ruined by Ed Sheeran. That is so far proven to be true. Um, I mean, look, I like this. I really thought we probably wouldn't even cover this because I was never that initially interested in Sam Smith, really. Um, 6.2 in Pitchfork, right? Now I think, I don't really want to make a habit of agreeing with Pitchfork, but I'd mm. say that's kind of fair enough. I'd say maybe a 6.7 or a 6.8 would maybe be a bit more how I feel about it because I don't think anything on here is rubbish. No. I, I think there's a lot of filler, quite a lot of filler, but I think the high points are really, really high. I mean, un the way it starts, unholy, not here to make friends perfect i think those are you know there's there's essentially you know 
this is a 13 track album you're looking at three interludes and 10 tracks so i'd say if you've got four one two three four yeah i'd say there are you know out of, a, out of 10 tracks there's nothing bad and there are four songs which i think are amazing mm. like really genuinely genuinely great um so i'm not on board with the music as much but the love and the craft and the intention behind the album i think is really really good really really good so broadly speaking it's this is pretty good you know this is pretty good like i say high six i reckon sort of mid to high six mm. if if i was marking out of 10 that's what i'd give it what about if you had to mark this out of 10 sam what would you say uh i'd probably go yes six i think feels fair to me um i'd probably probably says right down the middle of a six though like i don't think it's especially close to a seven but i don't think it's you know kind of on, on the lower end i mean if i were doing a pitch fault review i would say 6.5 but then if i was doing a pitch fault review i'd also just waffle on about my own importance first without really sort of considering the, the content of the album so i mean you've just you've also just sort of explained this podcast as well but yeah fine. To be fair. um tom if you if you had to give it do you like marking things that are 10 tom i think no it's completely arbitrary it. yeah i fucking yeah, hate it's stupid, for the record it's, yeah. it doesn't mean anything it's do no. you think is there's a, uh, a sports podcast i listen to which basically divides everything into shit and good because of the only <laughs> two things that really matter is yeah. this thing something that you think is good or do you think it's shit i don't think this is shit so therefore it must be good and i'm just going to go with that rating not because i kind of not because i'm kind of like objecting to it on a, a, a visceral level and marking out of 10 i just i've no idea what the fuck to say i think it's good just, what more do you want from me yeah well plenty <laughs> of people plenty of people have had plenty to say about it uh including ourselves but not really it so that's gloria by sam smith it has pissed the right people off yeah sam smith <laughs> uh, to get into yes. the feature and the reason that, uh, that you've come here really tom sam smith has boiled some piss <laughs> so the recent video for i'm not here to make friends has annoyed a lot of people and i can't believe that this is the first time that some of these people have actually seen a corset before do you know what i mean it's absolutely <laughs> mad so we thought what are the I most think it's the first time some of these people have seen pop videos <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right, absolutely mad so we thought like look there's a lot of annoyed people out there at the moment what are the most controversial music videos ever? We have got a list of 20 and we're going to rank them now. So that if you are here listening, if you are a flustered reactionary <laughs> idiot foaming <laughs> at the mouth, you can now know, am I right or am I being a big pearl clutching baby? So we are going to rank 20 videos. We're going to be ranking them on a scale from pull your pants up you idiot actually quite shocking and hashtag cancelled so basically you know this is nothing shocking this is a, a big storm in a teacup it's nothing this is shocking but it kind of needs to be shocking to illustrate its artistic point and yeah this is fucking gross bin this off um so we're going to talk about 20 i mean where else to start than uh next hype by temper t that's where we're going to start <laughs> isn't it sound like Hyper Temps. Yeah. uh yeah no we're not going to do next hype by temper t since we're talking about the video in question i'm not here to make friends by sam smith this is why we're here um they were speaking about this on good morning britain the other day a sure sign that it was culturally important christine hamilton a woman who is known for a fine and upstanding moral compass is outraged so we decided to find out why um th the outrage to this is 
weird as fuck, isn't it? It's basically just a load of homophobes don't like that um, a, a queer person is enjoying themselves in a really good video for a really good song. That seems to be, uh, like, as far as I could see, that's basically it, is that they're all fucking bigoted assholes and they don't like fun. That, is, that seems it's, to be the extent of the controversy for me. It's being, it's being queer, being slightly larger than the average pop star mm. and, and, being, and enjoying yourself in public. How dare things. they? Things that they really object to. Yeah. It's the, the, it does appear to be they exist, and they they've made me aware of this, and I object to that fact. Mm. It really does. I mean, first things first. In terms of the video, it looks great. Oh, it's, it it's suits really the song good. really yeah. well. Yeah. It is really colourful, really vibrant, excessive in the very best way. Sam Smith looks fucking awesome that suit a wonderful yeah. fucking class mm. i mean i wish i could pull half of these looks off they are ah <laughs> oh, i have seen you pull at least one of them off <laughs> what the, the which course one? The, the, yeah I, I i've in fact i have um a, a a picture which will never see the light of day because steve will hunt me down and murder oh me. i mean uh, i've got to but, see but, it though now haven't i you, you've let you, slip yeah, well yeah but I'm, <laughs> I, I might it might be one of those things that i have to kind of show you it in person oh, all right point. okay <laughs> <laughs> otherwise yeah, right. he will hunt me down and kill me but i have i have definitely I'm not ashamed seen... of that i know what picture you're talking about i'm not ashamed of that at all you can oh okay i'll put it on twitter fucking, yeah do whatever you want with that i look fucking i look fucking hot in that i think you look wonderful, Steve. You, you, you had you had a very good time that night. So <laughs> I did, yeah. It was a cracking time. I mean, look, that pink coat is a bit of me. Oh, mate, it's so good. Get me it? that yeah. pink coat. That is class. This is exactly what I want pop music to look like, and it is exactly what I want pop music to sound like. So well done on that. Debauched OTT fucking decadent fun. Great. But is it that debauched? No. Because I, I really. saw this and went, I have seen so much. W Hello, dog. <laughs> My dog has decided to try and eat the microphone. Um, I have seen so much worse than this going back 20 mm. plus years. Mm. And that was, but the difference is that that was all done. And this is going to be a recurring theme with what we're talking about. That those things were fine because it was there to titillate straight men. Right. <laughs> yeah. And therefore yeah. it was okay. This is not done to titillate. Well, I mean, I suppose it is a little bit, but it's mostly someone saying, "Yes, I am queer and I enjoy it." What, right? Mm. It's 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 kind of it's more about pride than it is about giving someone an erection. Yeah. Whereas, like a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about is like it is button pushing. Right. Yeah. I immediately mm. watched it. Went, yeah, I see why this piss piss people off. In some cases, this w would have been quite a long time ago, and it would still piss people off. If it was if it was released now. This just appears to be kind of. It's a pop video, but the yeah, person I mean, you in know, it is not you know twenty-two-year-old blonde with her boobs out, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you say it's not debauched, but if I went to a party like that, I would be like, that was a fucking great party. Yeah, it, it may be, but in terms of pop videos, like no, I'm right. sure right now we could both go on YouTube and find stuff that you did not have to have some kind of age verification to watch <laughs> that would be way worse without mm. really trying very hard. Yeah, of course, including like. Including some stuff which has been way bigger than this and way less controversial. Mm. I mean, content-wise, it's so tame. Yeah. I yeah. cannot believe people are getting pissed off about this. It's ridiculous. I mean, the argument of they're upsetting kids. I mean, uh, there's a bit where <laughs> there's a sort of nod to golden showers, which is not the only yeah. time we'll be talking about that right no. now. Do kids no. think... 
that that's what's going on. Like your kids do not think that's what's going on. They're going to go, oh, they're all stood near a fountain. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And the, well, the fact that the, the fountains look like urinals, Mike. Yeah, maybe. I, but I, I don't think I kids... do understand why you might want to have might not want to have conversations with a nine-year-old about exactly what's going on in this video, right? I'm not yeah. insensitive to that, but then I could say that about virtually any pop video that I saw when I was 13, right? There was a load of stuff that I was watching that no one batted an eyelid about. That actually, if I'd gone to my parents and said what's going on there they would not have wanted to have that conversation so i don't think that's a that's like a, a unique or new thing i think that's a very standard thing for pop music in that people like sex so it's it's in pop music a lot yeah absolutely i mean grow up yeah do you know what i mean if you're moaning about this grow up if you're going to take the side of christine hamilton you need to have a serious look at yourself i think <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's cash just, for questions just <laughs> fucking absolutely ridiculous um so for me sam smith we're not here to make friends absolutely goes in the pull your pants up pull pile your for yeah, me. Pants up, yeah. yeah absolutely it does um so let's move on to something which i'd say in terms of the furore cause this is the biggest furore madonna like a prayer potentially the biggest sort of shitstorm out of all of them. The lead single from Madonna's 1989 album of the same name, Like a Prayer, the video, led her to losing her $5 million contract with Pepsi, who immediately were forced to pull an ad that they made with her. Uh, Catholic groups protested the venues on her touring schedule, pressuring them to cancel the shows. Uh, they also boycotted KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut, amongst others, all of whom had partnerships with pepsi it was banned by just about every tv channel in the world with the exception of mtv who didn't back down good for them the e-channel premiered the video and even before it had ever been shown by anyone ever when they got that premiere they had to show a cut version of the video before any of this has even kicked off i mean this was proper like when you've got the pope going <laughs> you shouldn't be watching this that is a fucking massive, massive, massive thing. Um, watching the video back today, I mean, firstly, Tom, like, you know, Sam, you won't remember this coming out. I remember it coming out. Wait, do you remember this coming out at all, Tom? Uh, yes, because it would have been, I do remember coming huge, out. Just huge, just Coming out, because it was, it was one of those things that was on the news. And at that point, like, you couldn't, because the, the radio news and TV news was the only news that you could get apart from morning papers that that was what your parents had on so you could even when i was really little that would have been something that i would have been aware of as my dog sneezes to uh, <laughs> emphasize the point um so yes I, no i remember the i remember the uh, absolutely massive stink and i gotta be honest watching it back now i think this middle america would lose their mind if this came out now the only reason that it's not they're not still absolutely furious about it was that it, this happened like 33 years ago and it's it's Madonna and it's now a heritage act right there is still some stuff in here like if it was done now what the some of the subject matter would have changed in its framing slightly and you wouldn't have the gospel choir because the gospel choir was just the massive in the late 80s right it was incredibly popular you would probably have something else but a lot it feels weirdly current in a lot of mm. ways. And I think it would be incendiary now. I, it would, doesn't bother me in the slightest, but 
it's quite blasphemous, and there are a lot of people who don't like that. It's talking about you know police possibly being a bit racist in America, which who would you know, have thought? It, it, it is still a controversial thing to say now, despite the fact there's shitloads of like on camera <laughs> incidents of them murdering people. Like the fact that it says all that stuff would still make like Fox News would this would be on on the hour every hour for weeks if this came out that you know madonna would be the new Meghan markle as f- for america right as far as as their right-wing press is concerned yeah i mean you know like just to sort of get into it, i mean uh it's one of the greatest pop songs ever made yes like for me it's yes. a fucking absolute masterpiece this song when madonna dies this will be the song they play like when they've just kept playing man in the mirror by michael jackson or like imagine by john lennon this is the song they're going to play when madonna dies i think this is the one this is fucking unbelievable this song is spectacular one of the greatest pop songs ever made by anyone ever the video i think is incredible it's like absolutely Absolutely. brilliant it looks amazing the the way the story it tells is amazing um it's really unusual it's really unique it makes a lot of points that like you say are, are universal points and is it blasphemous like she has guess, sex with jesus on the altar she does yeah that's she, quite she, blasphemous she does yeah yeah i mean you can't yeah you you can't argue that there's burning crosses in it i mean i think that yeah. says more about where they are in the country right she's saying this is i think yeah. i'm not sure that's blasphemous rather than insulting to a certain part of america at that time um so yeah, I can see why people would be upset about it. I mean, again, I'm not upset about it, but I think like as a whole, it's just such a brilliant, brilliant video that it kind of like it doesn't shock me. It, it doesn't shock me. It, it moves me rather than shocks me. I would mm. say. Yeah, I, I feel pretty much exactly the same. Actually, I don't find the content of this particularly shocking, but then I suppose I'm not in the demographic that is intended to be shocked by this. In that I'm not religious and not racist basically um which i'm quite pleased about um yeah i don't think this is the i am surprised that this song caused such a stink or this video caused such a stink to the point of you know the pepsi brand deal absolutely sinking um that is maddening to me because it's like god how fragile were american conservatives in the 1980s that this like it led to that point that they were, you know, boycotting KFCs because they sold Pepsi because Madonna had made this music video. Absolutely staggering. I think there is some really, really smart imagery in this. And I think it does tell an interesting tale that, like you say, Tom, is depressingly still so prevalent. I mean, every week, you know, we hear about um, institutionalized racism in the police force, not just in the United States, for the record. Um, and I, I, I do find this quite moving more than I do shocking, like yourself, Steve. But I think if I were to put it in one of the three categories, um, I don't know if I could necessarily say, oh, it's a load of fuss over nothing. Because I do think there is some striking imagery mm. in this that ju- justifies its point, And I think it has to be quite stark to do so. Um, and I do I do think some of the imagery um, on the surface may be a little misguided. I do think that the burning crosses motif if you just see that as a still without the sort of context within the video or without thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, I can see how, you know, using the imagery of the Ku Klux Klan, not the smartest move for a pop video, but um, I think, you know, makes a wider point that needs to be hammered, well, I mean, still needs to be hammered home depressingly. Uh, I think that 
you know the one of the greatest pop songs of all time with an absolutely staggeringly brilliant video that i think um is pretty fucking essential to pop music's fabric so yeah i'm gonna put this in that middle category even though i don't find it offensive or shocking i can at least appreciate why it is unlike the sam smith video which i I don't get why people are so fucking upset about apart from the fact that they're just wankers basically uh yeah i agree like if you you've there are a lot of people for whom religious offense is not very far away right yeah yeah, yeah. don't actually have to shake have to kind of tread on certain grounds and this isn't a uniquely christian thing i think you could name pretty much any religion Mm -hmm. in the world um and they would there are certain buttons that if you start pushing that they don't like it and I would also say that there, there is a lot of America where if you imply mm. that they, they've got a structural racism problem rather than the few bad apples, forgetting the whole point of the phrase, yes. is that a few bad apples spoils the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you even suggest that, they get very defensive. Mm. So you know, you've got to remember, this is three years before Rage Against the Machine sang <laughs> some of those at workforces are the same that burnt crosses, right? Yeah. Madonna was ahead of Rage Against the Machine on this, mm. which is... Not an expression I ever thought that anyone would say, <laughs> no. but it happened. And that, at the time, was very daring. And there are still people who shout at Rage Against the Machine saying, oh, why would you have to be political when they talk about you know, why the, <laughs> some of those that work forces? Right? I love those guys. Yeah, love those guys. But it's the, the, those same people, if they saw this cold now, not having grown up with it or ha- it having been a controversy when they were much younger, they would... I suspect they would have a similar kind of fuck that. That's really like that's offensive to my culture. Mm. Oh yeah, reaction which we see far too often. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, if this was released today, I mean, Tucker Carlson would probably just spaff himself dry with the implied ratings. Yes. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think this is controversial. I can see why it's controversial. I think mm-hmm. it's important that it is like done. But this is a great video and an important cultural artifact. So for that it gets to stay and we're gonna move on like a prayer by madonna what a banger um <laughs> something slightly uh, i think a pretty good comparison with the sam smith one frankie goes to hollywood relax the mm-hmm. band 1984 single from the liverpudlin synth pop legends a song about not jizzing too quickly good advice if you ask me <laughs> they deny that they deny that i know they do i know they i don't believe them no i they deny yeah uh this song got to number one twice again what a fucking tune go and check out the new york remix on um the whole 12 inches remix album um that's the one it's amazing the version we're talking about video wise isn't actually the original video if you watch the original video it's pretty boring to be honest just them playing in front of some lights and it was reshot to be this (laughs) i mean this is the sam smith video taken to Every Lots single drugs. <laughs> illogical extreme <laughs> possible. The bloke in full, like the, the kind of Angus Young in drag, full lipstick um, guy holding a banana is mm. is my favourite guy in that video. Fucking brilliant. My this is Hol- the doorman, who, which, who in, I at first have to still double check is not Rob Halford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's so, ma- so much going on in this video. This is essentially Holly Johnson turned up to like a Roman Empire sex party in a suit, getting stripped off and canoodling with a tiger mm. on a stage in front of a bunch of like baying men. And then um, an emperor who's just getting shaved gets naked and they tie him up and they start thrusting and, dare I say it, pissing all over each other. They don't make him like this anymore, lads. They don't make him like this anymore. Um, 
But crucially, they all look like they're having a bloody good time. Yeah. Bloody good time. Um, you know, the video was clearly, <laughs> clearly banned. The song was banned by BBC Radio 1. Um, this still remains to me, genuinely, when you look at it, pretty fucking shocking. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, again, I don't know. Maybe maybe being of a slightly younger generation, I'm just desensitised to all this. Although I thought I was meant to be one of the you know snowflake generation, so clearly that's wrong. Um, I, I, can, I, I can see this in the context of how shocking it would have been on release much, much, much more clearly than even something like Like a Prayer. But then I think I'm so removed from that kind of religious iconography and the idea of blasphemy, unless it's being performed by a horrible black metal band. Um, yeah, this one I think does remain pretty shocking in sort of objective terms. But like you say, just having a nice time, isn't they, in their debauched <laughs> Rome, fall of the Roman Empire club? Tom, it, it, no, I think this is still quite, like it, the, the fake shagging is quite graphic. Mm. Like the fake shagging is so much more. Like even though they've got more clothes on, most of them, not the Roman Emperor. Um, <laughs> even though that. The, the fake shagging is way more convincing. Mm. It's it, there's a lot more kind of, I am actually shoving my groin in up your ass, and the <laughs> the like, the, the the bit which you say is water sports is it water sport or the real they all just getting bukkakied because it looks a lot. I mean it's white. What's One or the other in it, yeah. Yeah. So it, I I think that's a fairly like. That'd get a, that'd get at least a fifteen rating if you put that in a <laughs> yeah. film, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. look. Even watching it the other day, look, I I love this video. I think it's fucking brilliant. Oh, it's it so is all good. the 80s excess to like everything. But it is properly like when you haven't seen it for ages, you go, bloody hell, I didn't see that coming. Mm. <laughs> fucking, here's a tiger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're on, they're on a, they've been tied to a rotating wheel while everyone jizzes on them. Like, you definitely didn't see that coming. Like, I mean, I don't go, this is disgusting and it's awful. But I do go like, oh, bloody hell, it's pretty strong, that. It's bold, certainly. Uh, just a piece of shinfo, by the way. This was number one on the day I was born. Oh, was so, it? Yeah, it was. It's so that because a lot of people, you know, there's that thing work out your birthday mm, single, yeah. right? And a lot of it is blatantly um, like phishing scams, right? <laughs> because if you've got a, a song that was number one for one week, it's not going to take many guesses to work out what your birthday is. Yeah. In my case, it was number one for like nine months. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and it was also, number one like, again in the nineties as well. It got, yeah, got exactly. Back to them, yeah, um, but it, it it also a load of those kind of songs are things that people have never heard of because they were really popular for three months and then mm. everyone forgot it. This fucking monster tune, brilliant yeah. song, yeah. and it's a brilliant video. Like yeah. the, this was bold. Mm. Yeah, I think for the sh like it's shocking. But it has to stay. It's too great. No, it can't it's get too rid of this. great. No, no, no. no yeah, absolutely. like be a bit shocked, but then have a sit down and go. Um, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax. Just awesome. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Pearl Jam by Jeremy. Uh, sorry, Jeremy by per Pearl Jam by, <laughs> by Jeremy. Jeremy. Yes, by Jeremy from from Peep Show. Yes, Jeremy. Uh, was <laughs> yeah. This is outrageous. Um, Jeremy by Peep by, by Peep Show by Pearl oh, Jam. God, the final Pearl Jam video. Um, from their debut album 10 from 1991, released in June 1992. After this, Pearl Jam did not release any sort of music video in any form until 1998's Do The Evolution video, which they weren't even in. So this song, uh, and therefore the video as well, um, 
it was a controversial one. You know, the story of Jeremy Wade Dalla, who shot himself in front of his classmates at his high school in Texas on the 8th of January, 1991. The video paints a picture of a troubled young man and the uncut version also features Jeremy sticking a gun in his mouth. I'd never actually seen this version before. Uh, and his not. classmates are doing the Pledge of Allegiance and he's doing what looks like a Nazi salute. Yes, mm. they're all another one. Are they? Yeah. are they? They're all the whole class, yeah. Because I, I thought they were, but then I looked at it and it said, oh, he in particular is is just the one doing that. But, you know, um, yeah, so maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's this sort of suggestion with this album, uh, with this album, with this video, that the final shot showing Jeremy's classmates all covered in blood looks as though he'd actually killed them. And I have to say, for again, for a long time, I thought that was the case. Uh, although most of the video is just shows stills, so it's completely ambiguous. Mm. But, you know... Um, Pearl Jam, after it being put pulled, Pearl Jam didn't want to do videos, videos anymore. Uh, in 1996, there was a school shooting in Washington that left three people dead and four injured, and the shooter was said to have been inspired by this video. So I think they were really sort of put off by that. Um, the video itself, you know, I think it's shocking. I think it's quite a sad video. I think mm. it's horrible in points, but I think it's very powerful. And I think it's beautifully shot and very well conceived, and I think it tells a tragic and violent story and one again that is still relevant to this day i mean pearl jam actually released an uncensored version of this video to coincide with the national firearms awareness day on the 5th of june 2020 in the united states um this is great i think it's a hard watch mm. it's one of, it's a it's a genuinely hard watch but i think it is a very very good video personally i completely agree i think this is an absolutely uh superb music video i think it's, it, it is really really powerful it is shocking and it is affecting and um when i watched it this morning not helped by the fact that i'd had a, a couple of beers last night but i i did shed a tear because i find i find it really profoundly just upsetting the the story of jeremy and um the the ways in which he's neglected and abused and you know leading to him taking his own life it is it's really really hard to watch um which i mean when i think of pearl jam um you know you do think kind of slightly sort of middle of the road rocky grunge you know nothing that's gonna you know upset you too much apart from you know obviously there are certain lyrical narratives that are profoundly quite um uh, pointed shall we say but yeah th this video i remember seeing it years and years and years ago um on kerrang tv um or it might might be because you know one of those um music video channels that exist in the sort of like late noughties early tens um and it has stayed with me since and that final shot of the frozen classmates covered in jeremy's blood it really really shocking is the only word but i certainly wouldn't cancel it i think it's a really important video i think you know kind of the, the issues that it is addressing i think um it, it's it's an essential watch i would say but yeah very very hard watch tom i had a slightly interesting time with this because i i despise pearl jam they basically are everything that i hate musically Fair. really <laughs> in terms of guitar music i, I just see them as th there are very few bands that i object to on principle but i do object to pearl jam Oh, um, well, just musically, I take it. Musically, not, musically, right? Not, yeah, not, not, not they're good people, guy. They're definitely like oh, no, their music, like awesome everything. people. Yeah, 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 everything I've heard about them, that's totally true. It's just their music. I just want them to go and do something else. Um, you know, if they were if they were doing you know films, I'd probably like them a lot more. Um, <laughs> my kind of my because I haven't. I think I'd seen this years ago, completely forgotten it, and came back to watch it for the first time in I don't know twenty years. And I was kind of surprised 
at how tame most of it is because like there's been a load of rock videos which have <laughs> featured an awful lot of what's covering it right like um uh last resort by Papa mm-hmm. Roach has some kind of stuff where you th- which is pushing exactly the same buttons but it doesn't have that conclusion mm. and i think i think the the there's a really interesting discussion to have which is going to take ages so i'll skip it but the the kind of the the making the point that the pledge of allegiance is this really nationalistic thing is something that really fucks with america's heads mm. because they can't see that everyone else looks at that and think that looks really disturbing that's because re- I don't know if you've seen the man in the high castle, but no, the way know. they the way they kind of do the same um, thing. The man in the high castle is set in a, a uh, an America where uh, the Germans won the war, uh, the, the Second World War, um, and the kind of the, the the parallels that it draws between those two things are really clever. And America's really, but America's really sensitive about it. And this thing is is often very controversial. So uh, th- I thought that was going to be the controversial bit, right? Mm. I didn't realise that they were going to show the conclusion in that detail, and that's when it becomes genuinely shocking. Yeah. Because up till then, it's kind of it's upsetting, but we've seen a lot of this shit now, and then that conclusion is just heartbreaking, and you kind of you feel a little bit of yourself twist and go, "No, I can't, I can't see that. That's all awful." awful. Um, it- it becomes it's so much it's so shocking the fact that it's so shocking still is yeah sort of it's because this keeps again it's another thing which is completely relevant to what is going on in the world all the time today uh and until that goes away i think this will always be a shocking video but it will also be a powerful and moving and brilliant and important video um yeah, I really like it. I'd kind of forgotten how much I like it because it, it is a hard watch and I don't, you know, tend to watch Pearl Jam videos that much because there aren't that many of them and, you know. Um, but yeah, I I do really like it. Like, as like thumbs up, down in the middle for it? Thumbs up for thumbs me. Thumbs up. Yeah. yeah, I think so Same. too. Um, okay, let's really stick our hand deep in the fucking U-bend and talk about <laughs> Blurred Lines by Robin oh, Thicke. Deary yeah. me. Oh. The inexplicably massive Marvin Gaye destruction from the US soul pop tosser Robin Thicke from 2013. So much has been written and said about this deeply terrible song. And for the record, you can nick as many Marvin Gaye hooks as you want. This fucking sucks this song conceptually it sucks oh it's got it's ghastly yeah it's and i like terrib- marvin gay so i'm oh. with you on like there are yeah. certain things that you just shouldn't touch and marvin gay is one of them and yeah you're gonna just, make yeah. it you're certain- gonna take something that's originally so wonderful mm. and turn it into something this shit it's much more offensive than if you just took a shit it's funny tom because you say there's certain things you shouldn't touch and that's something that robin thick really needs to have hammered home <laughs> yeah. to him quite heavily i think um conceptually it just as a song just as a piece of music this is rubbish and awful i think the video is minging as well it's just yeah, it's minging yeah. like but, he got in a lot of fucking trouble for this song on many many levels and for a while i would have said like i said this to someone like oh we're gonna you know blurred lines will be one of them and they went blurred lines that's not really that controversial the actual video though is it and it wasn't right i mean it what it was was minging right oh, loads of naked vile. girls mm. being perved over by some extras off of scarface essentially isn't it it's <laughs> yes in in the in the frankie goes to hollywood and sam smith videos everyone's naked 
Everyone's being naughty or cheeky or sexy or downright dirty in it. Here, it is just pervy men in suits prodding naked women around. I think yep. it's rank, right? It's a rank yeah. video. And it probably would be here just with a video on its own. But the fact that in the last few years, we've heard the stories from Emily Ratajkowski, who's come out and basically said she was sexually assaulted by Robin Thicke and the video's director on this shoot. Yeah, for me, I think we can put this in the most controversial videos. I'm going to just say it straight away. This is as fucking cut and dried a case as you will possibly get. Get rid of this video. Get rid of this song. Get rid of Robin Thicke. It's horrible yeah absolutely disgusting leering video on yeah a bastardization where you've taken marvin gaye's music and turned it into an anthem that justifies rape absolutely fucking disgusting get rid do not want do not need want robin thick uh to go away for a very long time possibly with yep. uh, a concrete vest on <laughs> yeah tom I had not seen this because obviously oh, it, it's got nothing. It's got nothing of interest. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a terrible. Fair, yeah. It's a terrible yeah. song, and there's you know lots of boobs and uh, you know skimpy underwear that show you know, quite obvious pubes and maybe just a little bit of vulva. And it's kind. Of, it's all things that have no interest to me whatsoever. And I kept watching it and thinking. It, if you get naked yourself, this video is fine. But if you don't, you're a fucking coward and it's gross and grim mm. and leery and nasty. And also, if you are going to you know, get uh, balloon letters and spell out uh, your, that you have a, uh, a big cock, well, that's telling everyone that you're really compensating for something. Yeah. That's, that te- says to me, you have an absolutely gross little chode. <laughs> He is a gross little chode. Wait. Robin Thicke is a fucking gross. Yeah, look, I I don't want to talk about this song. No. I'm going to say our mate Rob Rob Barber is a good, you know a nice dude, but Rob Barber tweeted um, something about like this I like song. Robert. He's so wrong. I mean, I've never been like Rob. You've got some quite bizarre opinions, but this one, like the Sam Smith song, is not as good as this. It's a it's a strange hill to die. Se- even if you take the sexual political, the sexual politics out of this, which is very, very nigh on impossible to do, even if you did, this song is dreadful. Mm, <laughs> it's not it's got rubbish. a hook. It's got nothing happens. It's just a Marvin Gaye sample with people going over the, dreary, awful, awful, dreary absolutely shit. awful, and it's fucking right, fucking crap. So blurred lines, still shit. Yeah, go away. You're back. <laughs> yep. Hashtag cancelled on every level. Um, we're not getting that much further away from the the bottom of the barrel here, but maybe we're a little bit more. Lemon Incest mm. by Serge and Charlotte Gainsborough, oh, the God. French solo artist and his daughter's uh, single from 1984. This was on his 1985 album, Love on the Beat, and her debut solo album, 1986's Charlotte Forever. I had never heard this before, and I'd never seen the video as a song. It's not a great song, no. right? It's definitely not a great song. Let's be honest. So we can, it's not Jatem, right? Uh, no, we can <laughs> we can park that. Uh, the video caused controversy as it is essentially father and daughter on a bed, half naked, canoodling together. Um, Charlotte Gainsborough said at the time, apparently, Serge is just talking about the infinite love of a father and for his daughter and for a daughter for her father. And apparently she remained unaware of the controversy surrounding the video until she was at boarding school. And that might be because when this video was filmed, she was, wait for it, everyone, 13 years old. 
13 years old. Oh. I think we know where this one's going. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking hell. It's Fucking so gross. Hell. It's yeah. so grim. It really is. And I just... Uh, with with a lot of the... I mean, Robin Thicke aside, with a lot of these videos, it's like, okay, you have done something really provocative and really shocking, but I can understand that there's at least uh, some sort of point, perhaps, behind the intention of it. I don't understand what the justification for this song in this video i mean i don't know if either of you two um translated any of the lyrics but like they're no nope. grisly no no, no. Like. well basically oh, I, didn't, I, for, I did not want to know well uh, I, I guess i'm about to find you're out about to find out basically uh is the uh, the lyrics are kind of just like oh why isn't this all right and then charlotte gainsborough going daddy daddy and it's like oh god it really is stomach turning i don't see the point <laughs> in this one it's horrible in the bin please you made it now, certainly in this country, you'd be immediately arrested. Yeah. And mm. I think in most countries, you made it even in places where this was kind of in a legal loophole, then you would still find the police are going over your hard drive. Yeah. And good. It's fucking unbelievable, this video. Mm. I watched it and I was I, I, like, there's one later on. There's only one that I literally, it was making my stomach properly turn the whole way through, which I'm sure I didn't you know finish it. I got but, about a minute and a half in and just went, nope, I'm not yeah, watching like, this any further. I know where this is going. Shit. I'll be honest, I, I skimmed fun. through this. Yeah, I didn't want to watch the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, okay, well, I feel a bit like a fucking weirdo now because I watched the whole <laughs> thing. But Twice. I'll never watch it again. I'll never watch it again. Um, it is just bizarre. And the mm. fact that it's real, I mean, you know, like even if that was him with an actress and it was like, oh, it's about a father and daughter thing. Like I just, apparently years later, Charlotte Gainsborough has kind of come out and gone, yeah, yeah, it was all a bit weird that, wasn't it? Like at the time. And I think she sort of admitted that, you know, there's been some pretty fucked up stuff in her life that yeah. sort of goes back to her childhood. And it's like, yeah, I'm not that surprised by no. that. Well, I saw as well that after this um, album and this sing- well, the, the um, album that this song is from came out, he then made a film that was about uh, a, a musician who was in love with his daughter with him and her as the lead cast. It's like, deary me. Yeah. Deary me. Um, no, yeah. that seems legit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's normal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so Ramana <laughs> so Clef about other people. <laughs> I wouldn't shag my daughter. Ooh, no, not me. Yes, yeah, so not weird. not the one, not the one. Uh, can we just fucking stick can this in cancel? lead and yeah, chuck um, it in the bottom yeah, of the sea? So much yeah. fucking horrible. This. Yeah, there is okay. No, there is no pit deep enough to bury lemon in. No, it, I so I am gonna. I'm not even from. gonna tell you what the name of the song is again, so that you're not tempted to go and look at it. Because please don't. You will. You will be <laughs> not like this. Mm. Let's talk about something which is a little bit more fun and kind of weirdly. I don't think it went that controversial, really, but was Window Licker by FX Twin so mm. 1999 single from Richard D. D. James aka FX Twin I love it when he makes this super catchy glitchy shit FYI great song bought it on the day it came out quality Chris Cunningham who's a fantastic video director has directed some amazing videos over the years um, directed a video it's got a 10 minute long version if you want the full amazing uh, experience it's basically a kind of parody of gangster rap videos from the time Cunningham said he doesn't like this video mm. because it uh, took the piss out of hip-hop too much, and he is a big hip-hop fan. There are 44 uses of the word fuck in the four minutes before the song actually starts, a little intro bit. It was nominated for Best Video in the Brits in 2000, but lost to Robbie Williams. Um, 
got that we could wrong. maybe <sighs> have done the slightly more unsettling and i would have thought more controversial come to daddy mm. uh, yeah video. now that video's horrifying <laughs> which yeah. is absolutely horrifying but weirdly window liquor was the one that came up more and more and more and more as a sort of um you know uh a, a sort of shocking one which i was a little bit surprised about so i put it in i i love this video because yeah. it is brilliantly grotesque in a way that only apex twin can be um it's also really funny i think the performances at the start are great from the you know the two girls on the street and the two guys like you know kind of the trying to you know win their affections if you like um <laughs> courting it's it's grotesque but you know it's a i think this is a cool video there's not really anything to be that genuinely upset about unless it just freaks you out which it may well do yeah i mean that's the only thing i can see in this i mean i, I really don't understand at all why this would have been considered controversial shocking yeah but that's just because it's richard d james plastering his distorted face um over every single person as he is wont to do you know he does that quite a lot so as you say tom i mean the come to daddy video i think is 10 i mean a hundred times more terrifying that is a genuinely disturbing video this one it does freak me out a little bit but that's just because it's that grin that you see on the cover of like i care because you do or richard d james which is pretty horrible in itself um yeah this is a, a pearl clutcher for me i think pull your pants yeah, back up too. internet yeah what do you reckon tom uh i have a slightly more nuanced take um that I can see why you, some of it is offensive because that is a lot of N words, and particularly for something that is kind of originated by. I mean, I know it's black actors, but the the genesis behind it is uh, is white, right? So that kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable, and particularly in the like profoundly mis misogynist portrayal of people who like hip hop, which we start. I was starting to have some kind of Am I just being the kind of the the white snowflake who is being kind of reflexively uh, offended about this? But I I'm a little bit uncomfortable with some of the the how close you're getting to some stereotypes. I'm aware a lot of people find very offensive. So maybe that's just me, but um, m maybe not. I love the moment where the limo arrives, partially because it's really funny, but also because it's totally referencing Spaceballs, and that's you know, yeah, I, I approve of that. Um, and I really like what he does with putting his face on people to really, you know, particularly I like what he's doing where he's taking these two women who are seen as objects of desire and then putting his own face on them and suddenly trying to warp how people perceive that. Like that I think is really cool. I find a lot of it still really leery, particularly the bit at the end because, I mean, particularly in the full version, because I know it's kind of playing on the kind of the Leary Pot video, which focuses a lot on, on tits and arse and, and not on face or talent. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of shots that are just tits and arse and jiggling and wetness and things like that. And, like, it's fine if in every shot is, is Apex Twin's face, because then it is... It is kind of making a point i think it's it's not there enough for me and i was finding myself more and more uncomfortable because i'm going this has just become an absolute t it, it's again it's trying to titillate it stops trying to horrify at, at one point and becomes something that's more let's just have something that's going to make people horny and then occasionally mm. show apex fins to a apex twins face to try and 
make the point we're making. So I'm going to say for the kind of for the case for the defence that I would see for that would be, I mean, a um, just what you're saying about putting Apex Twins face on thing. Like apparently Richard D. James hates his face, right? He hates having his photograph taken, and so ergo his face goes on everything, right? Do you know what I mean? Like that's become his sort of calling card. Is it? And, but apparently it all comes from the fact that he was like, I'm going to put my face on everyone and everything because I actually fucking hate having pictures of myself. And it's become this weird thing where these kind of warped, distorted vis- visages of him has become like that, you know, that's what he's sort of had to do to, you know, do that. I think this, I think you've got to think as well, contextually, I think if he did this now, Right, I would agree with you with regarding the hip hop thing because mm. I think hip hop has moved on massively in the genre. 1999, you are at the height of the Jiggy era, and you are, you know, and hip hop has gone from being a, you know, in a, a very very underground um, socio political genre of music to this kind of pop parody of itself and a lot of people were like hated that stuff they fucking hated it like a lot of people who would, would have seen themselves as sort of hip-hop purists would have absolutely fucking hated you know the like mo money mo problems video by puff daddy or whatever right they would have hated that shit they would have think these fucking pop rappers coming on talking about money talking about like women in that way and i think at that period to make that video at that point you know um, I'm not sure who came up with the concept for the video. Um, obviously, the song "Window Liquor," it, you know that that has no lyrics even in it at all. Um, that opening few minutes and the kind of the the parody of the hip hop video. If you did it now, it would look like a really outdated stereotype. Mm. But at the time, there were so many of those artists who were really, really leaning into that that people didn't like that someone like chris cunningham probably somebody that like richard d james probably would have been like what the fuck's happened to hip-hop and i think it was just at that time like now if you did a music video parodying metal and everyone was wearing baggy shorts and you know like we said doing the, the chains, spine yeah, shank yeah, yeah. head you'd go well that's not what people who like metal look like like this is a really kind of stupid stereotype back then that stereotype was you know, obviously it existed, but it was it was much more commonplace and it was played upon a much more I think that's probably true of nineteen ninety nine. Um as for the titillation, I mean look, you know, I I think you're looking at it the, I think the camera plays the, the two guys' gaze quite a lot. And then it so it kind of brings you in slightly and then horrifies you. So I think it is kind of like a uh a pull back and reveal a lot of the time. I didn't feel particularly titillated by it because I knew there was about to be a Richard D. James's face mm. like smacking me in the face anytime. I didn't necessarily think it was like, there are some on here where you go, like I think you said it to me yesterday, Sam, about putting a pillow over your lap if you were watching it with, you, <laughs> yes. with your parents or something. This definitely wouldn't be one of those for me. And I think sort of the context surrounding it for me makes it, yeah, maybe more, maybe more shocking now than it would have been in 1999. You know? Okay, maybe. I will, I will see that you know more about this than I do, so I will kind of... I don't really have any uh, any comebacks. I, maybe it's because my experience of pop music is so much kind of grim, 
exploitative nudity of women mm. where I'm just going, oh god, please stop! Like it's it's really horrible, and it's it's because it maybe it's just because like none of that has ever had any interest for me, right? Mm. That I look at most of it now and just go, oh god, like just please. Um, so maybe I'm just being more sensitive. Hey, I'm happy to concede that I might not be right, but I, watching it, I, f- I did find quite uncomfortable. Okay, all right. Well, you know, that's yeah, fair enough. I mean, that. I can imagine anyone would feel a little bit uncomfortable watching <laughs> Pussy by Ramstein, the lead single from the German industrial metal megastars Lieber Is for Aladar album from 2009, Stick Bratwurst in Mein Sauerkraut. Mm. I think we know. Um, this is directed by Jonas Ackerland. It was premiered on the adult website Visit X. Uh, it features the members of Ramstein superimposed onto the bodies of various porn stars having an a, a sexy time um this as if you watch the uncut video has got actual real life cum shots yeah in it. The, the, so this is a porn video as this is a porn video, video. Yeah. but uh, uh i quite <laughs> i want to choose my words carefully and i'm not going to i like this video because it is so daft and overblown and can stupid can i shock you i like rammstein but the thing is i do like rammstein and i like that on pussy i mean pussy is a ridiculous song it's absolutely ludicrous but oh it's brilliant isn't it it's so, it's good. so good listen yeah. to the fucking chorus you know you have a pussy i have a dicker so what's the problem let's do I have it a quick dicker. yeah i can't get laid in germany it's daft as a brush and you know it is rammstein who I think they've probably got more controversial videos than this and more uh, ones that sort of yeah, push... Mine tile. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let alone um, Deutschland. And, you know, it's kind of all of the imagery of German history yeah. is in there. I mean, they got yeah. in so much trouble for that still, right? you know, rightly so, because it is a, a naturally very sensitive topic. Um, but, Pussy, I mean, this is one where I don't necessarily see the point of it. It's not making a wider point about anything, apart from the fact that Ramstein are just big shaggers. That's basically it. Tom, what do you reckon about this one then? Oh, shit, sorry, dropped out there, but... Sorry, I find... dropped out for 30 seconds. No, <laughs> um, you'll find it in the I, edit. Basically, Ramstein are big shaggers and I love them. This is this is uh, the one video on this list that I not only haven't seen, but just refuse to watch. Um, <laughs> um, what people get up to in their own homes is none of my business, but must you heterosexuals really shove it down our throats? I mean... I, uh, if God intended man to enjoy vaginal intercourse, why did he put our G-spot in our rectums? But uh, uh, it's none of my business. But I, I don't really want to see this. It's no, I can imagine. I can, I can imagine why you wouldn't, right? I mean, when it came out, right? So I think this is the only one of these 20 videos that I didn't re-watch, right? Because... I watched the uncut. I watched a cut version of it actually. Because you've already um, watched it hundreds of times. Yeah, because I got it mute, yeah. tattooed yeah. to the inside of my eyelids. But no, <laughs> but I just you know I, I was like, well, it's, it's finding that's going to be a fucking like you know it's going to be a, a balls. And I remember at the time just being I was like, I mean, this was one where I was like, we should find because I remember saying, oh yeah, Ramstein have got a new video. Let's go and find it. And they're like, apparently it's like a porno and stuff. And I was like, oh, is it going to show like some bums and some boobs and stuff? And, and then there were erect and there were like yeah. actual, actual penetration big yeah. willies going in people's mouths and stuff and i was like wow blimey wow <laughs> that i did not see that coming i mean unfortunately i did see, see it coming, some yeah. things coming but That's i mean great banter shocking yeah this is shocking yeah. this is fucking shocking is it i just went, well i think uh... it, when you for a music video you but don't expect is... to see that in a music video 
But you do if it's hidden on a, if it's only visible on a porn site. That's but the thing. But even so, that... even still, I, I was like, well, why would they do that? It's never going to be able to get played anywhere. Like porn, like porn, but you know, softcore. it's for the soft I know. I just and I then they were going, like, "Oh no, it is us in the video." It's, and I was like, "Well, Ramstein aren't going to get their actual dicks out. And they're not actually going to no. have sex with people on camera." And of course, it turns out they didn't do that. But at the time, you know, you thought, "Well, they can't super. How are they going to? You'll be able to tell if they superimpose." You know, we've all seen the Scorpion King and the shit CGI in that. I thought, like, <laughs> "Is it going to be CGI or something?" Like, what the fuck? And it just looked really real. And I was uh, that shocked me that it did look really real. And I, for a second, I, I did fall for it. I was like. Oh my fucking god! Actual Till Lindemann has actually like Flarker has yeah. actually gone and done this like it, that. But but you know, then of course later on you find out that they didn't. But I still think it's quite shocking to to do I that. Know, I just think Ramstein have done so much more interesting stuff. This is kind of like we've made a porno and everyone goes <gasps> and then you just go yeah it's a porno mm. it's yeah i have done i i have just done that to be fair <laughs> i have i have basically just done yeah. the thing that you said so you're right and they've done some really they have done some really clever button pushing stuff mm. where they they are playing with things and trying to say think about this or or kind of compare this you know putting something that you didn't really expect in a kind of disturbing context like i still think the zona video is kind of fucked up yeah and that's yeah. kind of messing with some things i think duhast is quite fucked up and you know that that's quite a disturbing video but i'm i don't think that just getting your dick wet is is an inherently kind of shocking thing if you say we have made a porno, it is on only visible on an adult website. If you're trying to, if you're showing it on MTV and they were just kind of censoring out the gory details, then that I would kind of, I would have more kind of yes, that's shocking. But like, it's just an adult, it's just an adult movie, right? It's it's completely. If you put it in the context it sits in, sometimes genre doesn't matter, right? But sometimes mm. it does. So if you make a horror movie and you're doing something where people say, oh, they would have died if that happened and they've somehow survived. Yes, that's a horror movie trope that happens, right? It's exactly the same with uh, a, a porn video, right? If you set yourself in there, in that context, you have to judge it in that context. And it's just a porno. It's not like, you know, it's the same thing. Death metal lyrics are shocking, but in the context of death metal lyrics, that most of them aren't anymore mm. because... You know, hammer smashed face was a long time ago hmm. so i th because of the context it sits in i just went it's a porno that's it there's no kind of actual point to it other, unlike some of their other stuff which really yeah that's does fair provoke it's certainly not the best ramstein video nah not by a long way no. no um but there look at me getting shocked by bumholes and willies and stuff not so, like you but you, 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 it's not like me at all um Anyway, let's move on. Uh, that's Pussy by Ramstein. Um, you know, if you're if you if you're interested, if you're so inclined, uh, if you're so inclined, Born Free by MIA. Now, this is one that I actually only watched when we started doing this. Taken from MIA's 2010 album Maya. This is the lead single from the British solo artist's third album. This is another fairly brutal. 10 minute long epic mm. um removed from youtube on the day it went up 
shortly removed from the BBC very soon afterwards as well. In something of a plot twist, after you got removed, uh, it was later claimed by MIA that the video was removed by her label or the parent company Universal Music. Um, first of all, like MIA, bit of a fucking dodgy character at the moment. Yeah, like, a bit of a weird one. Lost the fucking plot a little bit, but whatever. Um, this is a really, really great... I really like, I, I really like MIA. Um, musically I think this is a great powerful shocking video I think it uses a clever allegory to show just why racism is ridiculous it's very brutal it's very brutal and quite a tough watch um, Sam born free what, what, what are you saying yeah absolutely um, I, I had not seen this video I don't know that I knew this song I mean there, there was a sort of familiarity to it but I don't know that I knew it explicitly um, I do like a bit of MIA stuff um, less so their kind of social media presence um yeah this this is a tough watch like um there is a uh, towards the end of the video where it does go for sort of a lot of you know almost cartoonish violence i do get to a kind of desensitized point where it becomes quite fucking ridiculous where i i find something like jeremy more visceral and more moving in its portrayal of violence but i do think this is it's quite a tough watch and it does make um yeah, I mean, <laughs> the glaringly obvious point that racism is bad, uh, but I think it does it well, and I think it does it um, in an artistically interesting manner. So I can see why this is shocking. I think this is definitely one to stay, though. I think this is a good video. Tom? Uh, if I say the word Leopard do you, to you, do you know what I'm talking about, or do I should I explain that one? Uh, you, uh, well, right. I, yeah, I, explain I'm it. from your facial expressions, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Leopard is a place in Latvia, and it's um, the place where um, the first stage of the Holocaust in in 1941 was not in gas chambers; it was people being shot, and it was being people being shot en masse. What they would generally do is they started with men, but they would round up local Jews um, and take them out to somewhere they could uh, conveniently um, dig a pit and they would be forced to dig a pit and then they would stand in the pit and they would shoot them in the back of the head and then they would get more Jews along to repeat the process and this happened uh, to a death toll of about 1.5 million people right massive massive grotesque systematic um, murder and the reason I'm talking about it is that there is footage of it's the one bit of the holocaust where there is film footage of it and it was at this place in Latvia called Leopold where there is actual footage of this being happening and it is some of the most terrifying awful vi films you you will ever see and in fact I would recommend not watching it it's yeah I'm, I'm not going to watch it I'm afraid yeah, yeah. don't the, it, it is I kind of started having chills when I realised what was happening in the the video because this looks a lot like that wow and it's 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 so clever in that it's referencing and you know the way ethnic cleansing and genocide works in that they're showing you exactly what happens and it's not the first time something like that's happened it's not the last time either unfortunately and it's generally how what happens here they shove people in the back of a van and they take them out somewhere outside the town that they can conveniently dispose of them and they murder them and that's exactly what happens in the video. And having seen a real version of this happen on film, seeing this just absolutely put the willies at me. And it's it's brilliant. It's mm. awful, but it's brilliant. And I I kind of went, that's it's the one video here that genuinely upset me, and yeah, for, in the right way. It, it's, it's definitely I, upsetting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, I think this is. A, a, a great like it's a great video mm. it is not a nice video 
it is like you say tom probably the there's a couple of upsetting ones but like certainly for me the one where you just go this feels it felt the realist like you say i think it felt you know there's we spoke about jeremy which i think deliberately kind of stylizes something which feels mm -hmm. very real uh madonna you know like a prayer it's about a real thing they even have the curtain call at the end to make it look like oh this is a performance you know this does not sugarcoat any of that stuff at all there's a video later on which i just think you know i kind of lost uh, halfway through i just went i just can't really pay attention to this anymore this hold for t a much longer time for twice the length of that you just you are wrapped by it because it is just so and the, the point is made pretty early on like this is the point of this video but it carries it through to you know that conclusion i think it's great i think it's a shame that mia has um gone mad gone the way that she's gone i've missed Be this what's happened is it this oh, anti -fact nonsense yeah oh, that, that kind of thing really. yeah yeah, yeah let's how not, boringly predictable yeah. yeah let's not talk about that i think it's a shame because she is a really really brilliantly talented artist and um anyway yeah born free is i mean this is one that i would say go and watch mm. because it's powerful as fuck uh, it's just hard work um a bit like smack <laughs> my bitch up <laughs> change of pace a little yeah Smack My Bitch Up, the, not the biggest hit, but a very big hit from the 1997 Fat of the Land album by The Prodigy. This video got shelved immediately. Jonas Ackerland's <laughs> back, isn't he? Jonas Ackerland is back. Um, so the Beastie Boys did not like this song at all. But the video, um, MTV initially restricted the video to late night rotation. It got a midnight debut. Uh, it got controversy straight away. There was driving under the influence. There's drug use, violence, vandalism, nudity, sex. Um, drew criticism for misogyny. But then at the end, the prodigy would go like, ah, but is it? Ah. Um, Anti-feminist groups like the National Organization for Women accused it of encouraging violence against women. Um, MTV removed the video. Uh, posted a statement on their official website the same day which said that the protests from feminist organisations had nothing to do with that decision but with that controversy still it was nominated for four awards at the 1998 MTV Awards and won Best Dance Video and Breakthrough Video uh, at that awards and um, it was first played in full unedited on MTV2 in 2002 in its most controversial video special um, I watched this back earlier actually this is the last one that i watched because i'd watched it back in the day um i i, I this is one of the I, I don't know i want to know what you guys think i don't know can i go first yeah go for it. yeah of course so so, the, so the, i kind of did a, a a list of all the things that actually include so right includes alcohol use drugs kebabs which some people mm -hmm. uh, will find objectionable because awful um <laughs> it has real disgusting behavior towards women including you know violence and sexual assault uh smoking inside remember that everyone yeah oh, the good um, old days uh, initiating violence for no reason uh quite excessive violence destruction of property m m even more sexual assault vomiting uh disorientating camera moves which some people just think are evil um s literally soliciting um a strip club falling downstairs boobs more boobs close up of boobs uh, a strip tease drink driving one night stand with a woman some they've just met more nu nudity sex and lesbianism makes you proud to be british <laughs> 
Yeah, like, of I, course that's going to be controversial, of right? Of course it like, is. Irrespective of whether you think it's good mm. or the point you take, the perspective you have on the misogyny angle, there, like, this is going to be controversial in any era and would be controversial right now. In fact, it might be more controversial right now in a lot of ways. I think it would. Um, yeah, it would because they'd also at the time they probably didn't turn around and go you're also blaming women for this like abhorrent behavior which i think is something that maybe got lost in 1997 1998 which then at the end you go oh so you did all that and at the end you're, bl- <laughs> you're blaming a w- in the kind of like cool little reveal what they at the time thought was a cool little reveal at the end you now go oh mate you mm. fucking gonna blame this on yeah. women i mean look Particularly because the person at the start putting on their shoes and taking a poo is not the person at the end, right? You just you yeah. can just see that it's the, the body parts that are on display are not the same person because the first one is is much bigger, much more kind of uh, veiny and muscly arms and hands, and then at the end you've got a very very slender, very kind of uh, what's the word? Petite. Yes, exactly. Thank you, uh, uh, figure. And it's it's just clearly not the same person. Like it's clearly a bloke, and then at the end, there's a woman. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's, you you would imagine that the fighting, pulling a man, there's a, a big old man in there, and she pulls him out of the public toilet, and you go, oh, I don't think. Now I know. I'm like, well, you do that. <laughs> like he's probably twice the size of you. Anyway. Um, it's not though it's it's you know it, it's meant to be like hey we can all you know it was the ladette era wasn't it you know we can all yeah. go out and get drunk and get pissed and get in a fight and blah 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 uh and that was that was what was happening quite a lot in the 90s um i don't think it's is it offensive? Is it offensive the video, or is it just like kind of like oh here's a really raucous, crazy night from some person, and then at the end you go oh I didn't expect it to be that person, and they go ah and that's got it. you, um, got you. Uh, I I love the prodigy, and I've always struggled with this song. Um, I do find this uh, video offensive, distasteful, uh, quite you know n- it is nasty. It is quite mean spirited. I think. Um, not necessarily intentionally, because I think, as you said, they are just trying to do, like, look how fucking mental it is going and getting fucked up on, you know, getting some gear for a night out. Like, yeah, I get that. But um, I, I, I find this really distasteful. And I don't think it's making a wider point either. So this is what, oh, dare I say it, I think this video should go in the council bin for me. Tom, what do you reckon? Um, I, I've kind of shifted my opinion on it over the years, because when it came out, I thought it was the kind of clever edgy well i probably didn't see it when i came out but later when i did see it in full when i would have been kind of slightly more age appropriate um i did kind of think it's it is as clever as it thinks it is i think that that's the perspective of a 17 year old i think as a slightly older chap now i think i do see the misogyny points Mm. really like the violence against women makes you incredibly uncomfortable I think at that particular point in time, I was much less aware of the reality of these things. And I also think that you just saw that shit more on TV. And maybe not quite as as, as graphic as this, but you, it wasn't something that you never, ever saw, right? So mm. I kind of, maybe I was kind of 
just led to believe that it was it was making a, a different point to the one I now think it is, which is like, hey, look at we've done this clever thing. Look at this juxtaposition, which unfortunately is just all that it is, right? That it's just a juxtaposition, um, and you're then just left with an awful lot of violence against a woman, which is really uh, really uncomfortable. Um, I love the song. I think the song is is amazing, but I wish it didn't have those lyrics. Um, and the video, having not seen it for a long time, coming back to it and rewatching it now makes me very uncomfortable. I'm not sure I would like want to say, I I wouldn't want to go to defend it. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah, fair. Okay. Well, look, I'm not that wedded to it really. So, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I I watched it and I was like, God, it's a lot more brutal than I remember it being. But yeah. then I knew what was happening at the end, so I think that makes me go, oh, I'm gonna be, it's gonna be exciting to be like, oh, you get the reveal at the end. But I can see why when you first watch it and it was halfway through, you'd be going, fucking hell, what the fuck? Uh, so yeah, you know, and like you say, it's just a little ah at the end. So you guys want to ditch it we'll say hashtag cancel genuinely shocking uh smack my bitch up by the prodigy i think this is still quite shocking as well eminem stan third single from the marshall mathers lp from the year 2000 it features dido it was a christmas number one oh. it's where the slang name for people obsessing over a certain celebrity comes from um the video basically tells the story of the song the song itself is brutal no doubt about it um it was only ever shown on MTV as the clean version, obviously. Things that have been cut out of the video includes not just the lyrics, but um, Dido apparently said in the initial video, she was gagged. Um, it showed her actually gagged in the in the, the boot, I believe. Um, so, you know, again, the, the, I can understand why they took that out. Broadly speaking, I mean, in com especially compared to what we've just spoken about, like it, it still i think stan remains a really interesting thing to write a song about and an interesting idea in eminem's head who knows where it comes from right but if dido wasn't in it if dido wasn't in it that, yeah. if dido wasn't in it i would agree with you but that I, he he put dido in it and therefore I, we can't give him any credit for anything he's responsible for he is the worst thing ever to happen to music oh yeah she is bad isn't she dido i can't and, get, I can't and get that style of vocals dido. is has just taken over like mm. her and Nora Jones and all that stuff is just what everyone wants to sound like it's, it's, to, to one extent or another this kind of this breathy not really full singing I'm sort of almost talking but I'm sort of singing no fuck off sorry yeah. to sound like an old man but it's garbage it's just <laughs> awful yeah, I, I don't, I don't like that. But um, sorry, I interrupted the. the no, 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 no. I look. I mean, the, the song I think is an interesting idea for a song. I think the way he's, he does it, I think you know, all, like it, it's a good song, and I think this tells the story of quite a brutal song. In, I don't even think an. I don't think anything from the video that I saw I would consider gratuitous, but it is still quite a horrible situation scenario. Uh, but there was nothing on it that I thought was like super gratuitous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Um, I I feel uncomfortable with this um, video and this song, to be honest. Um, not necessarily because of the video itself, but uh, there was something... When this song came out, I remember um, 
being quite into it because obviously I was in well I was into Eminem at this time and he was very popular when I was in my early days of school and I remember there being conversations about the fact that you know when it would be played on radio or you know music television or whatever obviously it's censored the thing that they don't censor is um <laughs> the the kind of well the reaction of the woman who's been you know bound and gagged and beaten and everything like that so I do find it um very shocking uh, I'm not sure that I'm that keen on it um in its execution i think the concept is interesting i think the video is powerful but yeah i'm i've always been a bit unsettled by it but um i i, I would put this firmly in the shocking category rather than necessarily the cancelled one i think that's just a a pretty gross yeah. oversight and i think it is gross but i don't think it's necessarily intentional hmm. what about you tom oh you've gone again tom what do you think what do you think um I'm kind of somewhere in the, uh, on the fence because I, I don't really have a particularly nuanced view on it because I, uh, my, uh, you know those thing those songs where you just can't get away from them long beyond the point you're kind of like okay I'm done with this now. Mm -hmm. Stan is one of them and it was just fucking everywhere for it such was. a long period of time you just couldn't avoid it and by the by the end of it a song that I thought was good had become a song that I just wanted to stop and it was mostly Dido's fault. I've got nothing against Eminem at all. I've got an awful lot against Dido's <laughs> career existing. Um, I I think watching it back now, part of the reason it makes me very uncomfortable, and it definitely does, is because violence against women was something that was much more covered like this back in the day, and now it would almost certainly, to get away with it, it would have to do it differently. Because it, it does... It's too much about showing it rather than kind of spending enough time damning it, mostly because it's so much from the point of view of Stan that it's it's almost trying to c convince itself that it's normal, right? Because the, the, the character Stan is trying to convince himself that he's fine and everyone else is crazy. And telling this kind of story from that point of view i don't want to know this story from his point of view i want to know it from the woman's point of view right that's the important story and i think telling this from the man's perspective in an abusive relationship is not is not a clever thing to do tells the tell the victim's story not uh, it's the, the don't make films about serial killers right because everyone wants because some idiot will then go out and copycat it right and it's it's a similar kind of thing. It's it's the the right story from the wrong perspective, and I think that's why it makes me go. I don't know why I feel uncomfortable here. Um, I don't wouldn't cancel it. I think it's no, it's definitely no, no. in the shocking category. It's it's definitely it's definitely a I don't shocking like it thing. Anymore. Yeah, it's a shocking thing, and I think it's a shocking, quite a shocking song, as you rightly say. Um, I mean, obviously Eminem, I think, is writing the song initially uh, more to be about like don't be a you know like don't be a weird super fan rather i think even i think in the song the relationship between stan and dido is barely even mentioned i think so it, but it became the crux of the video and so i guess you have to go was that a good idea you know was that the right thing to have done you know obviously looking back on it now probably not um but yeah it's 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 a shocking story of a song and I think you do look at it and you go, fuck me, that is, 
It's no fun. It's no fun, this fucking video, is it? It's just no, no fun. Um, and by the way, if you're a stan of something, that's what you are. You're, a, a, you, you're someone who's murdering your pregnant wife. So you're going, I'm such a stan for Taylor Swift. I'm such a fucking I'm such a stan. Like, that's not a good thing, by the way. No. <laughs> it's, not a good, it's not a good thing. Um, so let's move on. Let's talk about something which I think, it's been a little while since we've just gone, this is just great. This is just great. Montero yes. by Lil Nas X, the title track of the rapper's 2021 album. It sent people fucking wild, <laughs> didn't it? This it was actually previewed the video for this song at the Super Bowl, which they must have fucking known shit was about to go down. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this uh, video features Lil Nas X. Basically, most of it for the first bit, I think, is fairly, you know, ho hum. And then yeah. he slides down a, a pole to hell and lap dances the devil before breaking the devil's neck and putting on his horns. No, no, no. He doesn't lap dance. He is clearly getting topped. Yeah. Wow, mate. He's doing some shit. Yeah. He's doing some... Pro he's getting involved. Definitely. I don't he, know what he, that is. He, he is getting his tonsils tickled from below, right? <laughs> that is clearly what's going on. And then he, he kills Satan. Kills and, Satan. And puts the horns on. Rules hell himself. I'm just going to say it. If you're listening, little Nas X, good for you, buddy. Good for oh, you. I love this. I, I love him. <laughs> He's wonderful. Uh, so the likes of fellow rapper Lucas Joyner, conservative pundit Candice Owens, evangelical pastor Mark Burns, and the governor of South Dakota, Christy Noam, all tweeted their disgust at the video. Uh, little Nas X shot back at oh, tweet saying... Oh, it's that good. Yeah, it's that good. Yeah, if Candice Owens doesn't like it, oh, mate. There's a mass shooting every week that our government does nothing to stop. Me sliding down a CGI pole isn't what's destroying society. I'm an adult. I'm not going to spend my entire career to cater to your children. That's your job. I mean, fucking mic drop. I love him. It's good, this, isn't it? It's so good. It's a great song. He's... I, I just think he's wonderful. I just... Uh, the more power he gets, the more I see of him, the more I just go, you're great. Just just keep doing, just keep being you. And it's fantastic. And this video, I was kind of thinking, this is quite fun, but I, I hadn't seen it before because I, I don't really watch that many music videos. And I I was thinking, why was this controversial? And then then it's clearly him getting you know, very, very well pleasured by the devil. And I go, oh, right, there we go. Okay, that's it. Um, fucking great it's wonderful if like if a black metal band did this then you know every you know, music say. magazine would be saying yeah it's great it's it's only got this controversy because someone incredibly incredibly successful has has done it and i think that's brilliant well done yeah widely compared to the satanic panic of the 80s and you know i just remember the only thing that annoyed me about this is i was like well why can't metal look as fucking cool as this <laughs> money yeah, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Uh, Sam, are you outraged and disgusted by this, this song and video? No, of course I'm not. This is absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, Lil Nas X, for me, I, I, I think this video is absolutely superb. Of the ones that I hadn't seen, this is my favourite one that I've come across in the run-up to this. I think this is great. Lil Nas X, for me, is one of those artists that I desperately wish I liked the music of more. I think this is a good song, but I wish that I was absolutely balmy for it because he is... So, so cool. And I love what he stands for. And I love his style and his approach. And I just think he's he absolutely brilliant and vital part of pop culture. 
Um, I wish I liked the music more. But this video is fucking brilliant. It's so cool and so stylish. And just the little ooh at the end when he puts on the devil's horns and the wings sprout out and his eyes go. I think it is absolutely fantastic. This is definitely one where people need to pull their trousers up. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I think we're all in massive agreement for that. If you haven't seen this video, it's fucking brilliant. It's so good. Um, Montero, little Nas X. So Sam had to go, but we're going to carry on. Um, that was a weird little cut that we had to do there. But let's go on. Christina Aguilera, Dirty. This will be a uh, pretty easy one to get through, I would have thought, Tom. Um, yes. The lead single from the US Popstars 2002 album, Stripped. Great album, for your information. This is where lovely little happy Mickey Mouse, Christina Aguilera, became ex-Tina. Absolute banger. Absolute do banger. Do you remember when she was going to be like the clean cut alternative to Britney yeah. Spears? I do. And then yeah, suddenly well, she made, and then this single came out. <laughs> yeah. and we went, well, that's over. She can't yeah. go back there again. You know, it, I, it's it's a brilliant song. Like my, I, interestingly, my better half vigorously hates this song, and I don't know what I don't really understand why. I think it's just that it was liked by people who he didn't like when they were growing up. I um, mean, I, but I remember this song coming out and being like. Even in my like most, oh, I only want to listen to metal teenage phase. I thought, yeah, this song's quite good. Fucking great. I mean, it's directed by David LaChapelle, who's directed videos from Whitney Houston, Elton John, Robbie Williams, Blink-182, and Gwen Stefani, amongst others. Although I feel this is his magnum opus. Christina Aguilera said it was a favourite video of hers, although not everyone was happy. The Independent said Aguilera simulated masturbation while wearing little more than a pair of leather chaps. Uh, Time Magazine said she appears to have arrived on set direct from an intergalactic hooker convention. That's nice. Uh, Kelly Osbourne, Shakira, and Jessica Simpson, amongst others from her peers, slagged her off for doing this video it is basically just a sexy video right yes. i mean look i don't want to sound like a this pervert. is so much worse than the sam smith video, oh right? so much i mean so much worse but also for me so much better like i <laughs> fancy christine aguilera i'm just gonna put that out there. i absolutely fucking fancy christine aguilera and i mean the song's great i think the video is cool again it's like everybody's naked we're all naked we're all having fun some of us are having a yeah, boxing match yeah that's the thing that saves yeah. it right it's mm. it's not just like it's 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 to titillate everyone yeah it is not just i mean okay the, the woman is front and center and i'm sure there are going to be women who will have a different opinion on this to me and i will listen to that and take and take notes and learn something but for me i just look at it and say everyone's naked and having a fun time great knock Brilliant. yourself out I think this is a fucking e one of the easiest one we'll do. It's not even yeah. that shocking. It's just like no. whatever. Um, um, would, one thing I would say is that at that time, this was shit was all the rage, right? Do you remember um, Benny Benassi satisfaction? Yeah, yeah, like th stuff like that. Now that's much more grim than this because mm. that is just kind of leering at women in power tools mm. or Eric Pride's call on me. Yeah, call which me is, a few years later. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that which one. is like that era was really big on just saying let's have loads of pe like naked women and leer at them, and mm. this is like no, let's have lots of naked people and leer at them. To which you are, it's I'm not sure about the objectifying thing, but at least it's at least it's equal opportunity subjectifying. It is, and it's the shedding of the kind of clean cut image, which was the shocking thing, yeah. I think, which kind of brings me. I think I want to do these two kind of back to back. So <laughs> yeah. there's that, then there's Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. So the second single from the US pop star's fourth album, Bangers from 2013. Um, Anna Montana this... is immediately killed. <laughs> yeah, immediately. I mean, it, again. I think we'd gone past this really being that controversial. And it was inspired by the opening of it, apparently, according to Miley, inspired by Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, which is where the controversy for this song 
properly kicks off and this video really kicks off. Um, she penned an open letter to Miley upon hearing this, which sparked a big debate about what wasn't the, wasn't the correct way to behave in the music industry. Um, 3rd of October 2013, she said a few things. I'm not going to read it all, but here's a little bit that I will read because I, I don't think it's uh, what Sinead O'Connor did. I, don't, I think there's, she makes some decent points in it, although... Uh, Anyway, we'll talk about it in a second. I'm extremely concerned for you and those around you that have led you to believe or encourage you in your own belief that this is in any way cool to be naked and licking sledgehammers in your videos. It is in fact the case that you will obscure your talent by allowing yourself to be pimped, whether it's by the music video industry or yourself doing the pimping. Nothing but harm will come to you in the long run from allowing yourself to be exploited and it is absolutely not in any way an empowerment of yourself or any other young woman for you to send across the message that you are to be valued more for your sexual appeal than your obvious talent. I am happy to hear somewhat, I am somewhat of a role model for you and I hope that because of that you pay close attention to what I'm telling you. The music business doesn't give a shit about you or any of us. They will prostitute you for all you're worth and cleverly make you think it's what you wanted. And when you end up as in rehab as a result of being prostituted, they will be sunning themselves in their yachts in Antigua, which they bought by selling your body and you will find yourself very alone. No one cares about no one who cares about you could support you being pimped and that includes yourself yes i'm suggesting you don't care for yourself that has to change you ought to be protected as a precious young lady by anyone in your employ and anyone around you including you this is a dangerous world we don't encourage our daughters to walk around naked in it because it makes them prey for animals and less than animals a distressing majority of whom work in the industry and its associated media that led to something of a pylon to Miley Cyrus, really. Now, I actually don't doubt a lot of the things that Sinead O'Connor says in that. I do wonder if what it caused was maybe more than it should have done for this video, I think. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't follow worlds in which, you know, Smiley Virus is a, is a big thing, but like even I was very aware of the enormous stink that this caused, and it like initially I couldn't really understand it because I just went why are they objecting to the video are they objecting to the video because it's just she's naked on a, a a wrecking ball like that's that's the whole thing like yes there is it's quite revealing and that but I like is it are they, is it the video they're objecting to and then it was no let's use it as an excuse to hate on on the woman herself mm -hmm. which I went well that's gross yeah, I I, 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 agree with some of the things Sinead O'Connor is saying. Admittedly, with the perspective of a man, which is, means that it's not coming from any personal experience, but that I can, it's echoing things that a lot of women have said that I've listened to and learned from. But I, the reaction to it didn't appear to be too connected to that. It appeared to be let's be horrible to Miley Miley Cyrus, which is. Yeah is surely the opposite point that Sinead was aiming for. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was, um, it's just an, it's an unfortunate incident. And when you watch the video, it's not even a particularly sexually exploitative video. She's naked in it. I don't think she's ever kind of, you know, she, yeah, she licks a hammer. <laughs> I mean, that's it really, isn't it? And she's got her pants on and you don't, you know, like, I, I, I don't know that it's, even because it's quite a sad you know she's got the close-ups of her crying it's a sad song it's a heartbreak song does she need to be naked i mean you know she doesn't need to be naked but that appears to have been her choice to have have done that and i think yeah it's just a bit of an unfortunate situation as opposed to an exploitative one do you know what i mean 
possibly. I think that's. I think you need slightly more experience of life as a woman than I have to answer well, answer that for sure. Okay. But, yeah. Look, look, what, what I mean by that is, I think Miley Cyrus. I I don't think that Miley Cyrus went into this video thinking I want to make a sexy video, particularly. No, it d- doesn't look like that no. at all. No. It, and it, I think it's it doesn't been, look titillating. It's like been it, if it's, you get off on this, there's something that says more about you yeah, than Miley I think Cyrus. The the naked body is not inherently like a sexual thing, you know. And no. I think th- this is not Miley Cyrus gyrating and dancing and no, you she know, did that another of, time. Yeah, yeah, she definitely she did. It. And again, you know, like the context of with Mr. Bloody Robin Thicke a few months down the line, I think that plays into it as well. This yeah, video in isolation to me does not feel like a titillating video. Miley's explanation for it does not feel like she went into it going, oh, I wanted to make a kind of, you know, I wanted to, I'm, it's empowering for me to be sexy and stuff. Like it didn't really feel like that to me. So I think, you know, on that level, um, I think Sinead O'Connor is right in a lot of things she's saying, but I think she's slightly wider the mark in maybe the way that she's saying it. Anyway. Um, this is a little bit more cut and dried as to whether or not it's trying to be sexy though Tom Tattoo, all the things she said the 2002 single from 200 kilometers per hour in the wrong lane, second album and first English language album by the Russian pop duo the lesbian schoolgirls they weren't they were just a pop band um, my favourite thing about this is it pissed off Richard and Judy Richard and Judy <laughs> Trying to get this banned. Madeley, that's again, <laughs> yeah. that's doing very well. They campaigned to have it banned because they said it pandered to paedophiles. Uh, ITV also banned it from CD UK, um, saying we could not show the version on CD UK because it's not suitable for children. Um, it was banned from Top of the Pops. Uh, it was banned, you know, a fair bit, and then years later. Um, uh, Volkova, one of the the two members of Tattoo, announced her pregnancy, which then led to accusations of the girls being fake and giving the impressions they were lesbians. Although um, both of them have said uh, that you know they weren't together and they weren't in a relationship, and um, you know uh, I think that thing of I mean queer baiting, Tom. I think I believe they call it. Um, is that a thing that you? Yeah. Oh no, it is a thing. I mean, I. This is interesting because I've talk- spoken about this on a podcast before because we did a, a special where we spoke about this song as a one of our... Uh, we do a, show, a feature on Hellbent for Metal where we take a work of metal that spoke to us as queers and explain why. And on some special episodes, we've done uh, a pop song, which has done the same thing. And uh, my lovely co-host, Matt, picked this as one of his uh, choices because this was very influential for him, because, partially because it was... You know, on a lot when he was a very young kid, um, but also because as he kind of grew up, he won. He's massive tattoo fan. Owns all their albums, including the ones that are in both English and Russian. He's got both editions, right? So, to absolute stands for them, but without the the shocking violence. Yeah. Um, and he he kind of he spoke about a lot of the things that to me I kind of seen this. I didn't really care for it when I was a kid because I didn't quite get it. But as an adult, I I see a lot of stuff and it fucking hits home. Like the bit where they're behind a fence topped with barbed wire or even behind mm. bars does hit home a lot. Like a lot of the stuff that about, um, you know, referencing that some people put in prison, in prison for being prayer, you're it's catching. Uh, in prison for being queer. And also that you know they're seen as being very isolated from their community, uh, you know that's kind of 
that's something that really happens and like all the stuff in the video to me is stuff where i go well that's hitting quite close to home so it, it might be queer baiting but it's also kind of to me it makes some fairly decent points about real life and like i understand it honestly i'm not entirely convinced this is appropriate for kids because some of the things it's saying are really frightening but mm. it's it's not for the reasons that richard and judy <laughs> thinks it is it's because there are going to be some queer kids who are going to watch this and be really frightened about their futures mm. and i don't think that that's necessarily something you want to show to kind of kids who are still working themselves out and wondering if they can accept who they are and, and what they you know how the world feels about them and so on and so forth so i kind of i almost agree with the reasoning but for the wrong for i agree with the conclusion but for the for completely different reasons i think it still is kind of shocking but uh, yeah not... and i think you, you could say you know it's, it's this t- you know it's just i want to say like you know if a queer but like, is it titillating to i mean it it's, I was always looked at it and gone, that's properly to sort of titillate men more than women, isn't it? Surely the kind of yeah. them them in schoolgirl uniforms kissing with like the rain on them. Like it looks like a sort of, it, it, you know, a, it, there is an a element sexy of that, yeah. pop video. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I don't think it seems in, in today's world, you know, I don't think it seems shocking to me really as a video. It doesn't seem actually when I watch it, I don't go, "Oh my god, they're they're, they're kissing and they're, you know, she's she's licking her neck and stuff." And it's like I I don't find that shocking at all. Um, but I can see how someone would watch it, like you say, and just be like, "This, this is." Um, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be titillating. Is kind of what I thought because you know I, I'm aware of their their backgrounds and you know, what they've kind of said in the aftermath and you go, okay, well, like how, how real was this? But then it's interesting that you would turn around and go, well, actually this does, whether it's re- actually real or not, it does highlight some real things. Yeah, I mean, w- whether it was done to titillate or not, they have actually hit on some stuff where I just go, oh, that's a little bit more mm. close to home than I'm entirely comfortable with. Now, that is it done to titillate, you know, heterosexual male gays being what it is? I'm not really an expert on that. You probably need to ask some straight men and women. But like, I agree that that is a little bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I don't think that that necessarily means that nothing in there has any validity or is or has any kind of it is does have some kind of value artistically. Even though it seems silly to be talking about artistic value with tattoo. <laughs> Speaking mate it's a fair wonders. point it's a fair point i mean look you know i i'm okay with it but then I, again i don't know if i would be the person who'd be that upset with it um i think yeah you know artistic validity is certainly not what we would be talking we will be talking about artistic validity with childish gambinos this is america <laughs> oh yeah uh, 2018 single from donish donald glover's childish gambino alter ego the 31st song of all time to debut on the top of the US Billboard Top 100. Only the 31st song to go straight in, um, which is mad, I think. The video received a massive 12.9 million views on YouTube within its first 24 hours of release, winning a Best Music Video Award at the 61st Grammys as well. Apparently, the video was inspired by Mother, the Darren Aronofsky film and the movie City of God. It's basically a really incredibly detailed history of the way that donald glover feels america 
has treated black people since however it's american societies literally since jim crow yeah um i watched i'm not gonna get into this too much because i watched a 45 minute breakdown of this video which was fascinating and it said that's there because of that and that's there because of that and if i go into it we we, we just don't have time but it's incredibly powerful and i would say if you can find that maybe we'll link that on our um, yeah, social media that link, I yeah it's watch that. it's absolutely amazing um as a quick aside don't think much of this as a song as a song on its own i'm not that keen on it it's but, not really my cup of tea anyway so i'm the wrong target audience yeah but i mean the moment where he guns that choir down that is shocking that is well, and even before that where he shoots the guy with the bag on his head yeah that's legitimately that. like fuck me yeah um i think this video is like it's incredible it's no it's brilliant and it is it is shocking it's supposed to be shocking that's the point it is trying to make points that sh- if you aren't shocked by them if you are inured and kind of uh, uh, numb to this stuff there is something really wrong right that you should not be numb to this this should make you angry and outraged and frightened and a lot of other like a lot of other real things that black america has to go through on a daily basis it's 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 brilliant it's it's a this is a genuine artistic creation with a real relevant incredibly um it's something that's going to endure as a topical thing right this is not something which is going to in 10 years you can look back and think oh well that's all sorted now this is stuff that's going to take decades to fix and i think people are going to be looking at this for a long time as a real kind of high watermark of Mm. what you can do with a music video Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really amazing i mean i think obviously you keep this this is an this is one of those you are a genuine genuinely important cultural artifact yeah yeah um unlike (laughs) (laughs) cattle decapitation forced gender reassignment very much the outlier of all the videos we're doing really because you know here's one that's far less well known um but obviously in metal circles certain circles a very infamous one the lead single single lol from uh as if like because cattle decapitation really care about singles right like they're like yeah, right. get on top of the pops um Vic from the american grind yeah it's not what you do if you want to be uh, a no, massive no. hit on the billboard charts uh the american death metal band's fifth album monolith of humanity from 2012 before we start i was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day because i watched this video and i'd never seen it before and fuck me i mean i had i, I so i said to her, i was like you know what it's horrible but it's hearts in the right place. I think that's the sort of thing you can say. You can say, you know, it's yeah, it's hearts in the right place. There is a point to this. Like it or agree with it or the means in which by they choose in which they, they choose to express it. There is a point here. I felt like I needed to say that because personally, to me, the point really does get lost when you have so much extreme pain and suffering on the screen. I had by the end of it forgotten who the people in the video were who were having all this torture stuff done for them. And I was actually feeling sympathy for them. Now they are supposed to be members of like the Westboro Baptist church, essentially. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Who are Very then obviously taken and tortured in the most appalling and extreme and, uh, close dis- up genital disfigurement actual... is, is yeah. on screen. It's, like the the prosthetics are amazing because it looks real. It's a horrible video. It's yeah, it's gross. It is it's gore. horrible. 
It is it horrible. Is, it's splatter gore with a, just enough budget to make it look realistic, but not enough to shoot it well, right? It's yeah. the camera work is and the the video quality is is not marvelous. Do you know um, what bit I didn't like, Tom? Out of all of it, was it all of it, or was it the bit? It was all of bit, it. W- yeah, or was it the bit where with the drill bit up his ass? I mean, I didn't like that at all. But the bit that really unset, and this seems weird, but the bit that I thought was like, this is this is gratuitous, right? Was when he pulled the tampon out of her. Yeah, no, that was quite. That was not exactly. I mean, it was. Well, it wasn't just the. It wasn't the pulling of the tampon out. It was what the, happens afterwards. He sort of goes to almost like eat it, doesn't he? Yeah, for a second. That's when you get. It, there's a level of sadism that I, it's. It's that's too much. Even even as someone who's watched a lot of death metal videos and has listened to a lot of death metal with a lot of horrible lyrics, even I went. Ooh, yeah, because and it seems weird to say that when you know drilling someone's bum hole off and cutting their willy off and all that sort of stuff, and you go, "Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't sniff a tampon," and you know, that's too much. I mean, it's not right, but I just think that, like, come on, lads, you've got enough here. You don't need to add that in as well. It it, it doesn't add to the story. It doesn't add to the purpose of this. Um, yeah, this is like it's it it's, is part of the death metal genre, though, right? It's too but, much, and, man. It's but, too much. It is, but that's kind of the point. Like the, this is the one bit that I would almost stick up for. Not even though I don't necessarily. Well, I'm not going to stick up for it. But you, again, what I said about genre before is is relevant again here because yeah. you go back to the very genesis of of death metal in the late '80s. A lot of those bands were deliberately trying to one up each other on who can make the most horrible gore, right? And it goes back to kind of autopsy through Cannibal Corpse and all the way up to you know, some of the really foul stuff like scat grind that exists. Oh, now yeah, and, that shit. Uh, oh, which is literally that shit. Um, and it's kind of, it, it's, it goes back even further. So, you know, Slayer writing Angel of Death, right, is, was not done to, as some people have read it, to glorify the acts of Joseph Mengele. It was done to make the most horrible song they could possibly do. So they went, what's the most horrible thing that ever happened? A Holocaust. What's the worst bit of that? Auschwitz. What's the worst bit of that? Josef Mengele. Okay, let's do a song about that, right? It's just a, it's just a one-upmanship game. And this is kind of... the. This might be the ne plus ultra of that, right? Where just... You, that's, that's as far... You can't make something... Unless you start doing stuff that you could not film because you'd be immediately arrested and your hard drive searched. Mm. Unless you make that, you can't really get worse, I don't think. It's so vile. It, it really is. I mean, it's this is comfortably the most horrible one. I'm going to have to say, get rid of it. But I, 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 For me, get rid of it. Like the video, I just don't think... I, I think because you're trying to have a point and to me, at the end, you lose your point. And if you do that, I'm like, okay, this is now tipped over into almost like i've i've sorry what was the point of that again and you go oh well they're they're westboro baptist church and da, 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 da. but it's so gross that you're like yeah yeah I'm, I, I, as much as i kind of just stuck up for the reasoning i kind of i agree that you lose the point and it does mm. just become splat and, gore and, and you go you might as well have just made you could yeah. either have done a very clean cut video and then maybe at the end have a piece of shocking violence to kind of to go make people go <gasps> Or you can kind of just do a splatter gore video. I don't really yeah. think you can kind of mix these two things together and not lose the, the important stuff that you might be telling about. And the ironic thing is that a lot of their artwork, if you look at a lot of their artwork, it's really like disturbing shit. Didn't mm. and it does have a point. 
and it's you know it's it's taking essentially the logic behind or the, the evidence behind veganism and kind of making you really uncomfortable by the fact that you aren't on board with it already yeah like, and that i agree with but this is you lose loses it. that point for sure i don't ever want to think about this video ever again okay you don't let's have move to on. <laughs> good let's talk about george michael instead oh uh, yes. outside by george michael this single to promote his ladies and gentlemen the best of george michael 1998 greatest hits Again, I'm gonna have to say it. Great swooping late nineties disco pop banger. Obviously, oh, it's brilliant. You know, it's you a- lot listening. You know how much I love George Michael. He's the man. He's the fucking best. He's wonderful. He he wrote some wonderful songs. He had a wonderful voice. He was an absolute geezer. I love him. And what a way to react to getting arrested for gross oh. indecency than to say and what? Yeah, so good. And what? The, the yes, I'm gay and I have sex. What's your point? Yeah. So. We mentioned this, we did the classic album on Listen Without Prejudice, that this is one of the best ever music industry trolls of all fucking time. Like one yes. of the best acts of defiance ever. Six months prior to the release of this song, Michael was caught by an undercover police officer named Mar- Marcelo Rodriguez performing a lewd sex act. It says here, in a public toilet in the Will Rogers, oh, I bet he does. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Memorial Park in California. Um, an incident that let him that basically led George Michael to being forced to out himself. As we discussed, if you've listened to our classic album with George Michael, it wasn't nice. This video, as you rightly say, Tom, is George Michael owning that. And why the fuck not? He's got literally nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, with a video this brilliant, he's got quite a lot to be proud of, I would say. Yes. And the, the video basically is just going, right. I mean, even the, my favourite bit, obviously, is the glitterball urinals. Yes. Yeah, so the great. reveal oh. of them is just one of actually it's not my favorite that's the that's the funniest bit right that's the bit where i just go yeah that's that's, this has crossed the line from being a very good pop song and a decent video to being actual genius my favorite bit is the bit at the end where it folk it kind of the camera swings around and there's a massive neon sign saying jesus saves and then it fades to black and then you get text saying all of us pop up and then it fades away and again Mm. and it just says all with full stop after it and i go that is fucking wonderful and for 1998 that is so like that is a year before queer as folk came out right mm. like the 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 massive transformation in the public opinion of gay men ha- was nowhere near where it is now it was kind of desperately inching forward just desperately kind of get a bit like there was st- when there were two gay characters who kissed on each uh, east enders right even though it was two consenting adults kissing each other quite chastely that was still controversial at that point yep. and george michael makes fucking this mm. and He's where there's a fucking like, man man george michael's yeah. the fucking man like yeah. i know i, I know you a lot of you again you, you probably you listened to two and a half hours of me talking about george michael a couple of months ago but you're absolutely right tom like I, I just think george michael is one of the just the greatest human beings yeah ever this is this is a this is basically a punk rock video with a with a disco tune yeah george michael is more punk rock than 95 percent of bands who identify as punk rock he is the fucking best and rodriguez the poor little lamb sued george michael for 10 million dollars for emotional distress claiming the video was mocking him oh the big bad lapd there scared of a little gentle prodding and parodying um after it was thrown out of court uh he tried to appeal it and it was judged that as a police uh, a public official he could not sue for emotional distress 
good. Serves you right, homophobic prick. So uh, happy on. ending, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's but that's the, generally the story of the videos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I love this. I mean, it's the best. George Michael's the fucking best. Don't ban it. Play this in schools. Would be my play advice. this everywhere. Play this everywhere. in church. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, we've got two more left. We'll spin through them. Erica Badu's Window Seat, a song from the US singer songwriter's 2010 album New America Part 2. The video for this was shot completely impromptu. It was, she says it was shot guerrilla style. No crew, one take, no close set, no warning. Two minutes, downtown Dallas, and then I ran like hell. I think it's a cool idea, this video. Whilst not being particularly exciting in its actual, I don't think this is a particularly exciting video i do like the song I, I quite like erica badu i'm not a, like a massive fan of knowledge of her but I, I everything i've heard i really do like and it's intriguing and when you realize that she's you know she's naked and then she's suddenly gunned down you go oh and then when you find out it's the place where john f kennedy was shot oh wait did you not know that because i worked that out immediately because yeah. i heard the, i heard the the there's the um news reporter uh speaking at the start mm. and i immediately went that's the Kennedy assassination, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you start piecing it together, then you go, that is a fucking, that's a great statement. Like, I've really liked this video. It's, I think it's, again, like, the controversy surrounding, like, you know, in terms of it actually being kind of controversial, um, she was charged with disorderly conduct for public nudity, a C-class Miss Medina in Texas and got a $500 fine. Miss Medina, right? Uh, yeah, is that what I said? Uh, Mr. Medina. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Majika. Mr. Mina. Yeah, Mr. Mina. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, charged with no jail time um, uh, when a witness came forward. Some fucking nerd dobbed her in. Yeah. Snitches uh, get stitches. I saw pubes. Yeah, pathetic. Um, and, you know, uh, apparently a deputy police chief called Mike Genovese said the witness had two small children and was offended. I mean... It's a naked woman. Get That's it. it. Yeah. It's the uh, human body is not offensive. No, Sorry. not at all. Uh, I, this is a, this is a really cool video. Cool song. Cool video. It's kind. It's, oh, it's kind. It's so dull. Like I, I get kind of get the point. It's making. It just takes so long to get there, and it you does. work out. Like if you if as I did because I went into it not having seen it. I heard that that voiceover and went that's the Kennedy assassination because it's incredibly famous and I I assume I've heard it before. Um, and then you had, like, her starting to take off clothes. And I went, oh, she's going to get naked and then get shot, right? And then it takes three minutes to do to tell what I'd worked out in 57. And I'm shit at working stuff out, right? I'm the guy who doesn't see it coming, right? The plot twist, never see it coming. The plot holes that other people say, that ruined the story for me. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. This, I just went... Oh, it's it's Dallas. She that's the voice of the Kennedy assassination. She's taking her clothes off. She's going to get shot. Okay, and it it's just too slow. Like it needed to get to that conclusion a lot quicker. I think. Yeah, I mean, I suppose with it being shot guerrilla style, they got one fucking go at it, right? And so they had to sort of yeah. slow it down and add it to the music and blah 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 blah. It probably happened a lot quicker in real life. Like she said, two minutes. The video's three and a half, four minutes. I think. Um, I like the song. Uh, I don't think the video is particularly exciting. Like you say, I don't actually think it's an exciting video. I think what it is, is an interesting statement. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, and nothing more than that. And certainly not offensive. Let's end the podcast. Poor Sam had to go and do some work stuff. So he's, you know, he's. if, if you've been like, where's Sam? Or you didn't hear me say, 
I don't know how I've edited this. I'm going to actually have to do some editing, Tom. Unbelievable. This country. Sorry. I, for, <laughs> for, for, my, there's nothing wrong with my internet, but Zoom keeps freezing. And then I go to see if my internet's working and I can get on any website you care to name. And it's just it. Zoom is shit. Zoom Sorry. is shit. Don't worry about it, mate. It's not you. It's not your fault. It's me. Anyway, we're going to end with uh, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. Wap. So wap. Wet ass pussy. Um, the, it's the not t- my area of expertise. From the two rappers from June 2020. I think we all remember this one, don't we? The Washington Post called this an ode to female sexual pleasure that is among the most sexually explicit content she's ever seen in mainstream popular culture. And Jesus, yeah, she needs to watch more. She does. I mean, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a song about two girls who obviously like shagging. And they look like they both had a nice time making it. I'm going to fess up with you now, Tom. I had a nice time watching it. I I'm sure you did. fancy Megan the Stallion a bit, you know. I think she's I think she's quite beautiful, Megan the Stallion. Um, I'm not, not an that Cardi B things, is, but I she does she does have a very very pleasing face. I can and yeah, understand she's, that. She's she's pretty. And, and Cardi B is, you know, very nice to look at as well. Um this is a really 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 um deliberately just a, it's just a sexy video it's two people going we're gonna do a sexy thing i don't see any problem with this at all two people deliberately wanting to do go like we're gonna be dead sexy and there, i have one problem with this and one only right and it's not what you think it's gonna be it's that they use the metaphor park your man truck in this garage and that is the first time in a very long time that someone has talked about cock in an erotic way and i've gone and that (laughs) that i did i just went oh no other than that i mean this is the kind of the classic thing that conservatives get cross about though right this is ben shapiro saying oh no women don't uh, enjoy sex that's a Mm. myth right and it's those people who are getting cross that two women are going yeah i really like fucking Mm. and if you and and also that you're going to have to do it right because like I I want to get off this is not just for you that I'm I want to enjoy this just as much if not more yeah i mean i wouldn't really i got to be honest i don't know if there's too much information but i certainly wouldn't back myself with either of those two ladies to be honest i think i would probably be turned into a shriveling <laughs> pathetic little worm of a man but um but good for them they need a they you know they they know what they want and they're gonna go and get it, and like, good yes. for them, good for yeah. them. Uh, it's not yeah. a great song, I don't think. No, it's not. It really is pretty isn't. crap song, to be fair. But you know, the video. I is... much prefer Montero. That's like if we're talking yeah. about the songs, it vaguely comparable in this list. Mm. Like that's a banger. This. Yeah, that is a banger. But what a place to end. <laughs> with, I mean, that's fairly cut and dried. Um, well, it, not, it is, not dry. It is maybe dry. Time... Maybe dried is not the word for WAP. I was but, about um... to say it's the long. It's a long time since I finished in a wet ass pussy yeah it is thanks for coming on Tom I appreciate that that's why they pay him the big bucks um, yeah. well it's been a long one but fuck me uh, thanks very that's much title of your sex tape <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us everyone Sam had to nip off he's, he's gone but he would undoubtedly say cheers as well um, we didn't realise that there was uh, so much to talk about with all this controversy flopping around so I hope if you are someone who's been you know upset and offended by the Sam Smith video you now feel much kind of better about yourself and you 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 know you can calm down and just have a nice cup of tea and chill out
Yeah, have a cup of tea, have a biscuit and cuddle yes, the cat. Then. Don't worry about it. People do worse things than wear corsets. Not the end of the world. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Lovely to see you. Love Good to see, to see you. Thank you very much. Hellbent for Metal um, coming back. Um, keep your eye on that, everyone. I'm sure we await your return with bated breath. See you Tuesday. See you later.